Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is a Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Happy New Year. It's the final Carriker and Smallman of 2021. Glad that 2021 is in our rearview mirror, and hopefully 2022 will be better. It's 7.01 on this New Year's Eve. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Good morning, Michelle, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Randy, and good morning to you. It's been another fun year in the books for us. It's been great. Our show's been rolling now for about a year and a half, and we thank all of you for tuning in. So here's the way radio works. We have a specific demographic, obviously, in sports that we hope to cater to, and we hope that uh, the listeners in that specific demographic enjoy. Not that we don't love having everybody tune in, and I believe we are third among persons 2554 in the entire market. Which is awesome. Yeah, the uh, folks down the hall, the Riz Show, (laughs) they're they're ahead of us. They're monsters. And uh, our friend Courtney, right down the hall, also doing very well. But for all people, because everybody in St. Louis loves sports, right? Yes. We're, uh, We're number three, but then among our specific demographic, men 25 to 54, we are number two in the market. Again, it's a stupid ratio that we are behind. We like them, but we don't want them to succeed at such a high level because we want to pass them in the ratings. So that's our New Year's resolution yeah. is that Riz needs to sleep, the entire crew, with one eye open because we're coming for them. We're, we're going to get to number them. one, and we thank everyone for listening and we for following along this ride with us. And just know that you're on a rocket ship, okay? If you're listening right now, you are on a rocket ship that's headed to the moon and headed to number one. Yeah, if you want analysis of your Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues and your world champion St. Louis Cardinals in 2022. Oh, so it's decided. Both teams are going to win a championship in 22. Talking rocket ship. Rocket ships, right? That's right. You know what? We know that the Blues at least have a good chance because they're going to get the character and Smallman bump. They have that going for them, which is nice. Because the Blues are on 101 ESPN. Yep. And they will be on 101 ESPN tomorrow for the Winter Classic, which takes place at 6 o'clock. And we have an early pregame for you tomorrow for the uh, the Wild and the Blues in the Winter Classic. I, I think that Alex might do the whole day, actually, in pregame. That's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a big day. Six o'clock face-off, and we're going to do an extra hour of pregame at four o'clock. And a lot of the interviews that we conducted during the course of the week, you're going to hear tomorrow at four. Real pregame at five, and then the game at six o'clock. And head coach Craig Bruby looking forward to a game that he's been in before. Yeah, the Winter Classics are a fun time. I think they're um, very enjoyable for the players and their families. And they should enjoy their families here at the Winter Classic. You know, obviously the game's important and the points are important, and that's when we need their focus, and that's when we need them to be businesslike at the game. Um, but other than that, you know, enjoy it with their families and have a good time. It's kind of like the Stanley Cup Finals, isn't it? You have to cater to your family, and you have to do everything with them, and you have a lot of media obligations, obviously. But then... Once 6 o'clock hits tomorrow, boom, you better be ready to play. Except you have to cater to all your families, and there's a lot of things going on, but the implications aren't that seri- aren't as serious, no. I should say, as the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup final. But Chief is right, and David Perron echoed those thoughts with us yesterday, that the guys, while acknowledging that it's a special experience and that their families get to go be a part of something pretty unique and cool, this is just another game, and once they get out there on the ice, they need to treat it as if it's just another game and go out there and secure the victory, victory and the points. You know, they could have just played this game at U.S. Bank Stadium. 
and it would have been indoors and it would have been nice and 72 degrees. So tomorrow, you're not going to have that sort of weather. Tomorrow, the high in Minneapolis scheduled to be da, 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 minus three for the high, a low of minus 21. And you're going to obviously have the game taking place at about six o'clock. So the sun's going to set at 430. Game starts at six and it's going to be chilly. And the coach says, hey, that's what I have trainers for. Well, I leave it up to them, but they're going to do a good job no matter what. I, I believe they'll take care of the players and keep them um, as warm as they can. Um, our strength coach has already discussed some things with them that they can do, uh, which is important. So that's already been discussed. And uh, like I said, our training staff's excellent. They're going to do what they can do to keep everybody safe and warm. You could have the greatest training staff on earth, but they aren't going to keep me warm at minus three. When we asked David Prun about this yesterday, and, and granted, a lot of these guys come from cold weather mm-hmm. places, so they're not as phased by this as perhaps you and I are. But David Prun was basically like, yeah, you know, layers, keep moving. They, <laughs> the benches will be heated. No big deal. And I don't I don't know about you, Randy, but going into a situation like that, and I'm sure all of these guys have been asked about it a million times, and it's something that they're going to prepare for, prepare for but the more you think about it and the more anxiety that you get about how cold oh, it's going yeah. to be, the worse it's going to right. be. So I appreciate how everybody within the Blues organization is like, oh, it's going to be fine. You know, we'll take the precautions, but it's just another game, no big deal, because if you are thinking it's going to be cold, as soon as you get out there, it's going to feel colder. And the Chief is going to be able to pace behind the bench. The players are going to get out there and skate. The worst part would be sitting and watching, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Because you're right. If you're moving around, you're going to at least keep your body warm, get some sweat going. You're, you're getting your, your blood pumping a little more. I have been through warm weather games, specifically warm weather football games. When I was younger, I had the stomach for it. Not so much anymore. No. I, and maybe a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and the fact that we have been inside and we're very accustomed to our certain creature comforts after being inside for the past two years. But the television product is so good, and I love to listen to broadcasts that there's no event on earth that I would care about enough to sit in negative 14 or negative 4 degree temperatures, none? whatever it may be. None. N- none at all. The Blues have already won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Okay. So if, if you told me that it was going to be a Game 7 Blues potentially winning the Stanley Cup type situation, something that I've waited my entire life for, then yeah, I'll endure the cold. I'll get frostbite for that. But for a game like this, as exciting as it is and as unique and special and as cool as the experience is, I just can't do it. And one of the great things that makes this unique and special and cool experience even better is that the Blues head into this game with 41 points. They're one point ahead of Minnesota in the Central Division. And Coach says, we, we do have to win. <laughs> well, that's the most important thing. Um, like, where we go there and, you you know, you can you don't have to focus on that game so much yet. You can enjoy your families, like I said, and it's it's a great experience. And there's a, you know, there's a family skate and things like that, even though it's going to be minus 20. But um, you can enjoy it as much as you can. Um but the, yeah, it, what it boils down to is it's a game and it's two points. It's probably on a bigger stage than a normal game for sure, just with the hype and the, how it's played and the field and everything that goes along with it. It's a big deal. Uh, I think the league's done a great job with these outdoor games over the number of years now, and uh, you know I think it's a great thing and it's something that players uh, look forward to that you know get get an opportunity to play in the game. There is going to be a family skate. 
Although it's going to be minus 20 degrees. (laughs) Just dismissive. Even though it's going to be minus 20. It's fun for the family. That was such a throwaway comment that actually has huge implications on whether or not it will be fun. What a fun weekend it's going to be for the Blues in Minnesota. And, of course, we have the action for you tomorrow here on your home of the Blues 101 ESPN. We also have college football this afternoon, and this will be awesome. At 2.30, Cincinnati and Alabama in the first semifinal game. That'll be at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. It's the Cotton Bowl. And then immediately after that game, Georgia and Michigan meet in the Orange Bowl in Miami. And they will decide those two games who plays for the national championship on January 10th. Which two teams do you want to advance and which two teams do you think will advance? I'm an SEC guy, Michelle. Oh, that's right. You are. So Alabama and Georgia. I want to see the two best teams win. Although for... That would be for the game, if I wanted to see the game. I obviously, I want Dan Deardorff to be able to experience his team playing in a national championship game. So I think the matchup is going to be what you want, which is Georgia and Alabama. I want Michigan-Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati to shock the world and beat Alabama, and I'm with you. We love Dan Deardorff here on the show. I am a Big Ten girl, so Mm -hmm. I would love to see Michigan be the last team standing. I, I just can't find a way I've never even considered the idea of Cincinnati winning and Alabama is a 13 and a half point favorite I I just can't see a way that Cincinnati wins that game that's why I don't even think about it sure we'd love to see one of the greatest upsets in the history of sports but I it just hasn't crossed my mind that it could happen maybe that's why I don't even think about the idea of them being in the championship game. I just love an upset, so I've thought about it. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Would I like to see it? Sure. Am I already thinking that instead of Cincinnati winning, we're going to be talking about Jameson Williams, the St. Louis in playing in a national championship? You betcha. That's our storyline heading into that game. You know, it, it really is amazing to think that if the first of all, we, we have this game, the, the, the idea that Cincinnati's in the final four is unbelievable. In the first place. Pretty cool. If Cincinnati would win that game, you could arguably say that it would be the greatest upset in the history of sports. It would be a bigger upset than the Patriots beating the Rams in Super Bowl 36. It would be a bigger upset than the the Jets beating the Colts in Super Bowl 3. It would be a bigger upset than the Cardinals beating the Tigers in the 2006 World Series. I believe it would be a bigger upset than NC State winning their national championship In 1983, Jim Valvano and NC State. So there's a lot. I Googled it quickly. and there's Greatest upsets ever? Okay. So the first thing that pops up, and this is different because it's the NCAA tournament, Mm -hmm. but UMBC beating Virginia, 16-1. That's what this would be. Except we're not talking about the disparity being that great. I mean, yes, it is because we're talking about a, a Power 5 team. You know, there's a lot of arguments to be made about the disparity between these two teams but i don't think it's as vast as a as a one seed and a 16 seed like if we had an expanded playoff there's no way cincinnati would be a 16 seed they would be ranked higher so i don't think the upset would be from a a talent and a competition standpoint as vast as a 16 beating a one i am surprised that they're within two touchdowns in the spread that alabama's only a 13 and a half point favorite. I figured Alabama would be a three touchdown favorite rather than a two touchdown favorite. And we'll have a game for you here on 101 ESPN this afternoon. Happy New Year. A lot of people texting into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780, the Miracle on Ice. Well, yeah, that was pretty incredible, too. Yeah. There we go.
Yeah, that was, I guess that one's going to be hard to beat, isn't it? pretty good they made a movie out of it yeah hey congratulations to the mizzou women's basketball team we don't talk about them here on the show but they upended number one number one south carolina last night 70 to 69 the first time in program history that mizzou defeated the number one team in the country so congratulations to the tigers congratulations to the the mizzou women's tigers basketball program that was an awesome victory for them so good for them All right, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Happy New Year to you and yours. Coming up, Peak and Pit on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Up into the peaks or into the pit. Peaks and pits. Join in on the conversation with Carriker and Smallman now. Text 65780. This is 101 ESPN. Six five seven eight zero is the Air Comfort Service text line. We'd love to have you join us on this New Year's Eve, twenty twenty one, as we get ready for twenty twenty two, and it's time for Peak and Pit. Clarification: Michelle. Is this Peak and Pit of the week or Peak and Pit of the year? This would be Peak and Pit of the year. Okay, because that changes things. It does. You want me to go first? Go first, yeah. Okay. I would say my peak of the year was the Cardinal seventeen game win streak. Mm-hmm. That was so fun. That was such a fun ride to go on. And it was so electric and it was so unexpected. After the June the team had, I think we all kind of scratched our heads and didn't really know what to make of this team. We knew that the talent was there and that they were capable of more. But as we got through the summer, it felt like their chances to win the division had slipped away. Their chances to make the playoffs were pretty slim Mm -hmm. and they needed something semi-miraculous to happen and then it happened and it's things like that that make us love sports and you know whether it was us being so excited to come in and talk about the games every day or you know after every game when I put up the Michael Scott hot 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 on social media and people messaging me being like you can't stop this until they lose you know I love a superstition so Mm -hmm. I was all on board but having that feeling again of excitement and of anything can happen and this could be our year I had really missed that and I was really really glad that we got a taste of that in 21. Yeah, September was awesome. That, that's a great peak. Yeah, that was my peak for sure. And then I have uh, a twofold peak, if you will, Randy. Um, my first peak is, of course, Illinois being a number one seed and losing to stupid Loyola in the NCAA tournament. I and hate Sister Jean. I hate that tournament. It brings me nothing but heartbreak every year. And... Um, I'm over it, but we're turning the page. We're turning the page, but that was definitely. Clearly you're over it. I am. Today's the last day we're going to talk about it, but that was my pit. But I would say right next to that in lockstep was the Blues getting bounced in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And specifically for us, our guy, David Perron, not being Mm -hmm. available to go for the team because that changed everything for the Blues. He is such an integral part to the team and was obviously so productive for them last year. And for them to be dealt the blow in 2020 when they had a great chance to repeat, the NHL stops and they have to go to the bubble, which was clearly not an environment they thrived in, sucked. And then for 2021, for them to be able to start to really be cohesive and find their rhythm towards the end of the season and then not have one of their best players available when they go into the playoffs, that was a pit for sure. Michelle, my peak of the year was that July day at the Carnahan Courthouse and the hearing for the St. Louis versus NFL lawsuit and to hear everything that we kind of thought happened 
that it did happen and that the discovery and all of the depositions made it clear that it did happen. That's the day that I was absolutely convinced that St. Louis was going to win that lawsuit, mm-hmm. that we were going to go to court on January 10th and that we were going to win that lawsuit. And obviously they, they did settle. But as Dave Peacock told us, when somebody writes you a check for $790 million, they're admitting that they did something wrong. They are. They are. And so that's my peak of the week, peak of the year. My pit, and we came in here the morning after Memorial Day, that Tuesday after Memorial Day, after Jack Flaherty had suffered the oblique injury. And I, I knew that if he wasn't there, that the best they could do was tread water. And good for them, they did tread water and then went on the 17-game winning streak. But the Cardinals probably would have won the division if they would have had Jack Flaherty all year long. So losing him on Memorial Day was my pit of the year. Yeah, that was a tough blow to and endure. And it June, didn't it? I was just going to say, can we just say as a collective, as St. Louis as a collective, that the entire month of June was a pit? Because that month was awful. It sucked, yeah. It was one of those things where I envied people who didn't have to watch the game for a living. Normally, it's I'm so pumped that this mm-hmm. is my job. I did not want to turn on the games because I knew that they were going to find some way to mess it up. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it, awful. It was dismal. They couldn't pitch. Remember they couldn't throw a strike. Oh. That part of it was terrible. There were, there were no redeeming qualities sports-wise to that month. And I, I have to say sports-wise because maybe you got married, maybe you had a kid, maybe yeah. good things happened for you. Sure. But from our perspective as sports people, that was just dismal. No, that was rough. It was a rough month. All right, your text, 65780, and Andrew Marsh is in. What do you got for us? All right, from the 217 peak, going to the Winter Classic, Pitt going to the Winter Classic. <laughs> so that's going to be your 2022 peak Yeah, 2022. Pitt. That's great. Yeah, well, it, it even will in- be tremendous to go, but it will suck to be cold. Even in 2021, as we sit here on the the precipice of 22 that could still be a peak and pick as you're an anticipation of the event but also fearful of the event because of the weather yeah it's gonna be pretty pretty cold from the 314 peak signing nolan arenado pit alex reyes's last pitch of the year yeah both good ones right really good ones yeah, the arenado trade february 1st and then yeah you get to october and you think okay we got a chance and chris taylor of all people question for you when was the last time you could remember St. Louis collectively being so excited about an acquisition as they were with Nolan Arnato? Oh, man. That's a good one. Because that had been brewing for some yep. time. We were in this place with the Cardinals organization where even though they went out and got Paul Goldschmidt, where you didn't expect mm-hmm. them to make a big splash, it just really isn't in their DNA. And because of the contract with Arenado, you didn't see a path through. You didn't think that right. it would be something that the Cardinals would be able to get done. So it was like the... The excitement factor and the surprise factor melded into one that made it so great. I think we'd probably have to go to O'Reilly because remember on that free agency day, the Blues had signed Perron and they'd signed Bozak and we thought, oh, okay, they're done. They're going to be able to pull off the O'Reilly deal. That was on a Sunday. And then on Sunday night, they, annu- they announced the O'Reilly deal and everybody's going, yeah, and we got our number one center. See, but... Even though everyone was really pumped about O'Reilly, I don't think it holds a candle to Arenado. I really don't because he had lost his love in Buffalo and everybody knew that he was going to be a, a great player coming to St. Louis, but you didn't really have 
as great of a sense of this is someone that we have coveted. This is someone that yeah. we've wanted for a long time. We know without a shred of a doubt that he's going to be the missing piece that's going to make this team click. Yeah. Whereas with Nolan Arenado, you knew. You have to go back a long ways then to find that guy that St. Louis signed or traded for. Maybe the Marshall Falk trade or Trent Green, one of those two. The 314 suggests Mark McGuire. It could be one of those two, yeah. That's 97. It, it, there's definitely some that we had in the in the late 90s, 2000. Getting Keith Kachuk here was huge. Mm-hmm. Getting Jim Edmonds here. I, I think I don't think we realized how good Jim Edmonds was at the point we got him, though. Getting people like McGuire and Falk, who had been all-stars or all-pros, those were unbelievable. All right. From the 6-6-0 peak... Between the Cardinals' 17-game winning streak and signing the oh, s- singing, signing, singing the Rolling Stones in concert, seeing the Rolling Stones. Oh. oh man, oh, that's pretty. That's a good one. You have to do. And then uh, the Pitt Chiefs losing to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. This is Troy from Independence, Independence, Missouri. Happy New Year, Randy Michelle. Troy, Hi. thank you very much. Thanks, yeah, Troy. And, Shout out to you. Yeah, and, and we get your. Losing the Super Bowl, your your hometown team losing the Super Bowl because yeah, that sucks. It really does. But does it give you at least a little bit of solace after you had already won in such short proximity? Well, you know what I mean? It did for me, and then what happened? Oh, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. Because the Chiefs... Yeah, we'll get them next year. No, we won't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was thinking, it's always heartbreaking when your team loses a championship. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. But after you had just won as a Chiefs fan, you're still kind of riding on the high of, oh, we just got it done. Slash, you know that you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy mm-hmm. Reid and a lot of great pieces on that team and that you're going to be competitive for a long time. But then you go ahead and bring up the Rams. All right, from the 314, finally getting my basement floor reinstalled after a sewage backup of a year and a half ago. Oh, that's gross. You had sewage backed up for a year and a half? Yeah, it happened a year and a half mm. ago. Oh, okay. I, was... I wonder if it smelled. Having Getting the floor replaced, congratulations. Yeah, wow. That's a, that's a, that is absolutely a peak, and a year and a half of uh, sewage issues is a pit. Ooh, big time. Here's the pit, though. Uh, breaking the tip of my finger doing it yesterday. A tough way to end the year. Oh. Yeah, it is. But at least it happened when it's cold outside. Hopefully it's not an important finger. This situation has brought in our texture a lot of pain and stress. Yeah. You had a broken bone that you weren't aware of. You had broken a bone, right? Didn't I think I broke a rib and didn't know. Yeah. So I I broke a finger and didn't know at one point. How did you not know you broke a finger? I don't know. But then when I went in for my broken wrist, they said, oh, have you broken your finger before? And I said, no. Well, (laughs) looks like you have. (laughs) You're so tough, Randy. You didn't even know it. Do you guys have any, like, obscure peak and pits? Do you have one? I do. I have one. One of my friends is a Cubs fan. And you're probably wondering, oh, why are you friends with that guy? It's a tough, it's a tough relationship, mm-hmm. but he was giving me a bunch of flack because I think it was early in the year when the Cardinals played the Cubs, Yadier Molina made an error in Cubs Twitter, Twitter lit him up, lit him up. And then the next day he had a game winning home run on that Saturday. Nice. And the text message back to this friend of mine was incredibly awesome. 
and he just had nothing to say. And that was a that was a peak for me. It's the it's the small things that count. It's a pretty good mic drop. Also, for Cubs Twitter to rip on Yadier Molina mm-hmm. is pretty humorous. They they do not, they hate him. Of course, they hate him. He's made their life miserable they for hate decades. Him. Well, and we I hate, hate him too. That really great important Cub because he said we were boring. Chris Bryant. Oh. oh. Boy, and and, and Javi by uh, oh. uh, and Anthony Rizzo. Oh. oh yeah, and their manager Joe Madden is such a. Oh. They did. Hey, b- listen. That was a great dynasty. If we're going scoreboard, they've won a World Series. In they've more recent times series. than we have. They have won a World They've series. won in 2016. The Cardinals haven't won since 2011. That's true. So. That's true. They, they had a dynasty. Just saying. It is. They, were, they had it really going. <laughs> really good. For a long time. So the Cardinals just do need to win the World Series in 2022. Because the universe is not right when the Cubs have won the, the, the World Series more recently than the Cardinals. The universe has not been right since the Cubs won the World Series. We talked about this not that long ago. Think about everything that's happened since the Cubs won the World Series. Thanks a lot, you goat. You couldn't have just yep. kept your juju going for a few more years? And let's toss this out there because I don't know if we've mentioned it on the air, but the Cardinals need to win the World Series because if they don't, there's a glacier that's going to cause Miami to get completely flooded. Okay, let me just, I'm going to... The Rolling Stone magazine. I just need to read the headline because it's amazing. And this is why the Cardinals need to win and why the Cubs can't again. Yeah, if the Cubs win, it's over. Yeah, here's, by, here's the headline. And let's point out that in the article... The initial fissures and fractures in the glacial glacier layer in Antarctica were found in 2017, the year after who won the World Series? The Cubs have ruined everything. Thanks a lot, Chicago. Sweet home Chicago, my rear end. Yeah, really. Right. So here's the, here's the headline, and this is an article at Rolling Stone that we have all read and been talking about for days. The fuse has been blown and the doomsday glacier is coming for us all. New data suggests a massive collapse of the ice shelf in as little as five years. Quote, we are dealing with an event that no human has ever witnessed. We have no analog for this. End quote, says one scientist. This is the Cubs winning the World Series. No, this is what's happening. This is on December 29th. This was written on December 29th, 2021. The doomsday glacier is coming for us all. Turn out the lights, the party's over. So the Cardinals need to win the World Series to self-correct the universe yeah, and the climate. That. Yep. Hey, we're going to talk some uh, golf. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> going to talk some golf with our buddy Jay Delsing as we close down the year. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Happy New Year to Jay Delsing. He is with us every Friday morning. Of course, you hear his show, Golf with Jay Delsing, every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. Happens at 9 and uh, goes until 10. Good morning, sir, and Happy New Year. How you doing? I'm doing great. Happy New Year to you guys. And, man, let's get rid of 2021 and let's move on to 2022 and hopefully it's a little more normal. I'm with you, Jay. Here's hoping. But as we do look back on 2021, what was your favorite moment in golf during the past year? Oh man, I had uh, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and we started reminiscing. So, as much as I want to say, I just love the PNC. I loved watching Tiger, John Daly, and his son. It was an awesome, awesome thing to watch. Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship at fifty. <laughs> you guys, the oldest. I, I mean, I don't think that's a record that's ever going to be touched. Who's going to win? 
Who's going to win a major at 50? Yeah, it's you know, and his his year just I'm sorry, man, his year just wasn't all that great other than one week, but still he won the PGA. I it, that's a hard one to shake. But the Tiger and the and the and the John Daly and Charlie and Little John, that was a really close second for me too. And I would think for you personally, the Ascension Charity Classic as well. Oh my gosh, for me personally, the the getting to hit the first shot Oh, my gosh, I felt a little bit like Caddyshack, you know, with tears in my eyes. I was thinking, just please let me hit this ball forward somewhere, you know. And the fact that that, that, that the first-year event was so successful, Ascension is, you know, a rock star uh, when it comes to being title sponsor. We, we raised over $800,000 for North County. That That personally, you know, just took over everything. Jay, I was going back and I was looking at different things that had happened in golf throughout the year. And one thing kept popping up other than, as you mentioned, Phil winning at 50 and Tiger's return was Bryson and Brooks and the feud. It seems like in golf, that is one of the main things we talked about in 2021. And when you think about that, do you think that was good or bad for golf? That that's one of the main storylines that we take away from the year. You know what, Michelle, for me, I thought it was just dumb. I mean, I, I'm just, you know, it's. I'm not sure if it had a lot or how much the the player um, social media program had to do with it. I, I just, I'm just not sure, but it just seemed like it was all contrived. I mean, when I read most of the stuff that Bryson was saying, it sounded like he was just barely, barely into this thing. And the way Brooks is, is it he's always looking to kind of hoist another chip on his shoulder that kind of makes him focus a little more. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was interesting at first, and then I just thought, gosh, you guys are just making stuff up. It just seems kind of dumb to me. Well, and I think another part of that that we have to look at is that those guys really appeared to make an effort to have a feud that got people talking about them on social media. And then they do the PGA Player Impact Program, and Tiger didn't even play and won that thing. I, <laughs> I know it's amazing. And one of the things that's interesting about our sport, you guys, is we just thrive when we have someone that's kind of looked at as the king, like, you know, Arnold Palmer and then Jack Nicholson with Tiger in this last, you know, 20 years, it, it, the, the, our sport and it's just gone to an incredibly different level. It, it all the purses have gone up all exponential growth of the game through the pandemic. I mean, that would probably be something that, in terms of unforeseen um, peaks for the year, how the hell would you think that, you know, as after last year, I think our rounds in, in golf went up, I don't know, uh, almost 15%. And this year they're going to go up another 15%. And so growing the game is kind of one of the things that I'm always kind of pushing. And mm-hmm. it's been so great to me. And I, I don't know, it irritates me. And it's kind of a love-hate relationship, but it's great to know that some other people are enjoying and hating it all at the same time. And by the way, all the projections were that Tiger was going to win. And Phil actually just announced yesterday that he won it. And the PGA Tour did confirm that. So Phil was first and Tiger finished second in that player impact program. So Phil got the how 8 million bucks. Happen? Yeah, how does that happen, especially with Tiger's return? I wonder if it has to do with Phil's constant social media presence. I did I did like seeing him drink out of the the the, the Wanamaker, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and drive down the cart. He did. I mean, Phil Phil definitely put more effort into it than anybody Tiger did, but he didn't even care or maybe not even aware of it. So 
I don't know. Phil, Phil's funny. You just never know what he's going to do on social media. He's a good follow. Jay, one of the things that I'll remember from this past year is you being correct in your prediction that Colin Morikawa would win. I believe it was the British Open, right? But that's got to be one of the main headlines for us here on Carriker and Smallman is that when Jay Delsing makes a pick, you better listen to it. Oh, my gosh, Michelle, <laughs> you are so kind because you're not paying attention to the you know 250 other ones that I missed. But I'm trying to pick, trying to pick uh, you know, the winners of golf events, guys. Is obviously, if you're, if you're playing a little DraftKings or some of your, your – uh, fantasy stuff it's really tough but there's another kid that had an incredible year you know Colin Morikawa he also won the PGA championship as a rookie so two majors and he's only what 24 years old there's a lot of great young players to, to watch Michelle I appreciate you giving me props for that though. you got it is there another young golfer that like Colin Morikawa kind of exploded onto the scene in 2021 you think people need to pay attention to in 2022 I do. We did a little uh, thing on one of my shows, uh, Who to Pick. I think Victor Hovland is somebody you really have to watch. He's uh, the first player ever to play on the BGA Tour from Norway, which is kind of a well, weird stat. But mm-hmm. he's really, really good. He played at Oklahoma State University down here. He's already won, I think, three events in the first year and a half of being on tour. And he just has this demeanor. He, he really had, even though the U.S., which I was glad to see, whip the um, – the Euros in the Ryder Cup, he really had a strong uh, Ryder Cup for a rookie. So he's one of these players that I look for him to win a major this year or, or you know, in the next couple of years. He's he's really strong. Hey, Jay, I have to ask you this question so that I can uh, betress an argument that I may or may not have at home. Golf Digest has a story up this morning that says, the fact is, if you're not swapping out your irons at least every five years, you're leaving a fair amount of improvement on the table. The uh, The question is, at Golf Digest, how often should you replace your irons? And they're saying at least every five years. You are a PGA Tour pro. You know about technology in golf. When I go home and make this claim today, are you going to back me up? <laughs> Joan doesn't have my number, does she? <laughs> She'll ask for it. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what, Randy? So I will say this. If you haven't bought new irons in the last 10 years, you're, you're leaving a ton on the table. It really just depends uh, on your game. But five years, you know, it's a, it's a big investment to spend money on these, these yeah, clubs is. these days. It really is. So it really depends on what your, you know, what your game's like. If you have some speed in your swing like you do, Randy, I think they can still help you. As we get older, gosh, it's so hard. The number one question I get hit with all the time is how do I hit the ball further? How do I hit the ball further? And I'm like, man, it's an athletic, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a math equation. If you don't have speed, it's really going to be hard to, to hit it any further, but you can get better with those irons because they're more forgiving. And then you got to get fitted. You re- I know that's kind of a pain in everybody's butt, but you got to get the clubs to fit your body and your swing speed. It's crucial. So I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. It's New Year's Eve, and Jay Delsing has a new wine bar called Wild Crush Open in Town and Country. And we need to know whether or not there's going to be any celebration of the new year. Guys, we wanted to. My partner and I tried to be open, and none of our staff was oh, able to work. Okay. So we were going to try, but no, there's not. We're going to try to have a celebration somewhere else. But, um, um, yeah, we, we just were not able to uh, to get any staff there. But we've had a really nice first two months opening. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you guys being letting me, you know, 
talk about it on the air here. And uh, gosh, everybody, come on by and and um, and have a glass of wine with us. We got a great patio over there. Yeah, you really do, Jay. It's been great this year. Thanks so much, and we're looking forward to more in 2022. Awesome, guys. Happy New Year to y'all. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Take care. That's our friend Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN with Character and Smallman. So every five years, says yes. This is something that I think a lot of people were writing down and they were bringing home to their spouse and they were saying, Jay Delsing told me. Yeah. And if Jay Delsing says it, then it goes. That's true. Coming up next, we've got Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. We have an early edition of The Fight. It's coming up at the top of the hour here in about 10 minutes. So if you'd like to participate in The Fight, maybe you never have, text in 65780 with the word fight and Andrew might pick you. We will have a random fighter today, but it's an early edition. So try it right now. And if you'd like to participate and take it or leave it, that's come. Well, that's right now. We're in the midst of take it or leave it. So text in 65780 with your Tioli for us. It's happening as we speak. As we, this <laughs> is happening now. Okay, Michelle. Yesterday, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, congratulations to South Carolina. Coach Shane Beamer, after the victory in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, gets a Duke's Mayo bath. Not, not a Gatorade bath, not a Cheez-It bath, but a Mayo bath. Take it or leave it. If you're the winning coach, you're on board with it. You, you have you, to be. You'd accept it. Of course, if you're the winning coach, you're going to accept it because Duke's Mayo is the sponsor. And you don't want to be a bad sport. Think about that. If you make it known, even if we win the game, I'm not getting the mayo bath. It's not going to happen. People would be booing you. They'd be like, oh, you're lame. Take the mayo bath. Would you enjoy it? Oh, no, I would not enjoy it. He that- didn't get any in his face. He had his cap on and he's put it. So it was not at the end of the game. They had it set up as a press yeah, situation. but they kind of bonked him in the head. It yeah. really did get glopped on it, his head and it, then slowly ran down. It did not look like a great time. No, it didn't. But I guess if you do win the, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, if you're into bowls and you don't believe the bowl system is dead, then I guess it's okay. Uh, it didn't look particularly appealing, but hey, if you win, you got you to gotta do it. And by the way, they, they beat North Carolina. South Carolina did 38-21. to 21. And finally, we got a couple of wins for the SEC in bowl games. Your SEC. Uh, my SEC. Yeah, we're, uh, Tennessee loses in overtime. They got robbed. Uh, 48-45 was the final there to Purdue. And the big ones are today. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. So that's where, that's where the rubber meets the road, Michelle. I am going to be locked in all day. I'm very much excited to watch. And I really hope that Cincinnati, if they don't pull off the upset, at least makes it close. And they, that it at least is a compelling game. Because some of these playoff games in recent years have been absolute blowouts. And mm-hmm. there's a real chance that we could have that be the case today between Cincinnati and Alabama. And I hope that if they don't win, that they at least make it competitive. And that they, have, they still have the argument as to why they deserve to be there at the end of this. So you're telling me that you're hoping that... Cincinnati just doesn't reach a settlement in the fourth quarter. Yes. <laughs> when you have them ahead and you have the victory in hand, do not settle. 
We're bringing that up again. Bearcats. Is that something that we need to make uh, a rule about as we head into the new year that we're going to let that go? The, yeah, Bob Costas would tell us, get over it. He Not, would. The, and he might be right. The check has been cashed. Yeah, it has. Nothing we can do about it now. It's over. So, Randy, we know that there's going to be a lot of movement on the star quarterback front in 2022 as we look forward to the new year. Russell Wilson spoke about his future yesterday. He was pretty vague, but he said he hopes that this Sunday won't be his last home game with the Seattle Seahawks. Take it or leave it. It definitely will be. I'm going to take that. Yes. He might be saying that so that he gets cheers at Lumen Field on Sunday. But the fact of the matter is, once they're done with that game at Lumen Field, he is going to be working the background to get moved. There's no doubt about it in my mind. I think that's probably already been in motion. Yeah, I would we think. We probably haven't heard yeah, a, in the a second lot about half of the it. season. Yeah. yeah, because all of the talk about how oh he and Pete Carroll get along now. Well, if they do, they're going to fire Pete Carroll. So then what? So he would be better off going somewhere else where he could participate in hiring a coach and try to get things more the way he wants it. And he does not look good. Might be his broken finger. I think that might have thumb. something to do but with it. man, that. he has not looked good since he came back. All right, text 65780. Andrew, what do we got? All right, from the 618, take it or leave it. It's bad karma for 2022 if I fake sick and cancel New Year's Eve's, plan, New Year's Eve's plans to watch the two big games. Oh, I'm going to leave that. Because I think it's actually great karma because you're doing what you want to do. Do what you want to do in 22. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is to stop overcommitting to things that I have no interest in and learn how to say no. And say no unapologetically. You just need to say, I don't want to do that and I'm not going to go. The end. So I actually think you, by canceling your plans that you don't want to go to and watching these two amazing games and doing what you want to do are setting yourself up for a very successful and productive 2022. There will never be a scenario in which being a responsible adult is a bad thing or presents bad karma. And if you stay home to watch the games and stay out of all of the drunken stupors that are going to be, uh, stay away from the drunken people in drunken stupors that are going to be driving around, uh, yeah, th this is amateur night. So, yes, you do stay home and watch the games. It is bad karma if you lie and fake sick. Just say, Yeah, just say, no, I'm watching the games. Just say, I have other plans. Yep. And even if those plans are ordering a pizza and watching the game, you're not lying. You do, in fact, have other plans. And if indeed you did make other plans, all you have to do is say, I didn't realize the two games were on New Year's Eve. I'm sorry. I'm going to watch them. And the people that you're likely supposed to spend time with are going to be like, oh, yeah, we should stay home and watch mm -hmm. these games. too." Responsible adults. <laughs> That's right. From the 573, take it or leave it. Adam Wainwright has a chance at leading the Cardinals and wins in 2022, even with a healthy Jack Flaherty, if he pitches like he did this past season. 100% take it. Take it without a doubt. And, uh... That's one of the main things I'm looking forward to seeing in 2022 is Adam Wainwright's continued dominance for the St. Louis Cardinals. And last year, we heading into the season, we're talking about Jack Flaherty as the ace, even though Jack Flaherty went healthy is outstanding. I'm not making that mistake again. Well, Adam Wainwright is the ace of the staff. I don't want to hear any other arguments. And one thing about Flaherty, even though he's great, he's still really inefficient. He's not going to give you five innings a lot. He, nearly as much as Adam Wainwright is. He's not going to give you a chance to win a game in the sixth or seventh inning nearly as often as Adam Wainwright is. Flaherty's going to force the bullpen, at least based on his history, to work a lot more because he throws a lot of balls, and Waino doesn't. I'm not prepared for life beyond Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. I you know, better. As, as we're talking about 2022 upon us, 
it's exciting to know that they're back together, that they're both performing at a high level, and that they're going to be doing this last dance together. I know that the Cardinals have been planning for this for a while, but I don't think we're going to fully grasp their impact on and off the field until they're gone. We know it mm-hmm. as we're living it, but sometimes you never really grasp it until they're gone. And I think specifically with, with Yadi or Molina, it's going to be a wake-up call. You got to savor it, no you doubt. got to savor it. From the 314, take it or leave it. Either the Cardinals or Blues will win a championship in 2022. Take yeah, it. I'll take it. Both of them. Both. It's a, it's a given. Yeah. That's one of the things that's going to happen in 2022. That's why it's going to be such a happy year in St. Louis. Are we writing both of those in Sharpie? Yes. I'm We're not gonna, writing it on paper. I'm not making the mistake of putting Illinois basketball into that mix because I'm not setting myself up for heartache. So I'll take two championships instead of three. Good. Yeah, put it on Sharpie on a piece of paper. Just don't send the email. This is we know. Because there's a paper trail. You can find emails. That's true. Yeah. That's true. From the 573, my wife gave my son and me tickets to a spring training game this March for Christmas, but the lockout has me nervous. Take it or leave it, we will get to go to our first spring training game. I'm going to take it because, like you, Randy and I have the opportunity to go to spring training. I've never gone for work. It's something I've always, always wanted to do, and we finally got the green light to go. And I have just been sending good vibes into the universe that this is going to happen. So, like you, 573, I think we're going to go for the first time. It's going to happen. I love your positivity. I think that's great, but I'm going to unfortunately leave it. I'm going to get old Rob on the phone myself and say, you can't do this to us. Uh, The collective us of baseball fans, but meaning specifically myself, Randy, and the 573. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Yeah, I'm not going I'm not going sunshine lollipops here. Sorry, I'd love to, but I can't. You think we're not going to spring training? Randy, I, I don't have... think the baseball is that smart, Michelle. That is a long soundbite. It is, too long. <laughs> too long. I put you it know... in there myself, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what I think is you probably thought we could fade it down, and it just yeah. doesn't work that yeah. way. However, I have grand visions of us in the sunshine, sitting at a picnic table, interviewing our favorite Cardinals, and then afterwards going to play golf, maybe reading a book by the pool, going to a great dinner with our fellow media members, and then waking up and doing it again for five consecutive days. I'm good with that. I want it to happen. Just not confident in Rob or Bruce. Rob being Commissioner Rob Mam for Bruce Meyer being the jerk that is in charge of negotiations for the Players Association. Rob, And Bruce. by the way, Bruce, all due respect, you said you wanted to be known as a jerk. I know Rob and Bruce are both listening. People mm-hmm. have told us that they yep. stream the show, which yep. you can do on the 101 ESPN app. Feel free to do it. Or download the podcast if you miss any of the show. Got to check that out. Got to check it out. But Rob, Bruce, if you're listening, 2022, go into it with clear eyes and full hearts. Come to the table. Harmony. Compromise. Character and Smallman. Character and Smallman. Get it done. The 573. Get it done. Get it done. All right, thanks for your text. We do appreciate it. We've got The Fight coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We need yolly pops and roses. Stop it. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome to The Fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. 
It's the last fight of 2021 here on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's 8.07. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Randy's final competitor for the year is Tim, and Tim is with us now on 101 ESPN. How you doing, Tim? I am feeling great today. How are you doing, Miss Smallman? I am doing great as well. Why are you feeling so great? Fill me in. I don't, uh, I've been feeling sluggish all week and fighting something. I didn't have COVID. I got tested. Mm-hmm. But this morning, this is like the best I've felt in a week. So I just feel great. I love to hear that. And I'm with you. Um, I'm not battling a cold like you were, but I think a lot of people just felt very lethargic this week. The week between Christmas and New Year's, everybody's just been a little slow and unproductive. So you're not alone there, Tim. Yeah, and this rainy weather hasn't been helping either. That's true, but I'm glad you're feeling great because you're going to need all that energy to defeat Randy and Andrew and I and Dan when he's here. We always cheer for the listener, but it would be pretty sweet to have the year close with a Randy L. So we're cheering for you hard today, Tim. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, question number one for Tim in the last fight of the year. John Madden's final broadcast was a Super Bowl win for what team? Was it the Saints, the Giants? Oh, Tim. Tim is ready. Well, they beat our Cardinals. They're mine and Randy's Cardinals. There you go. All right. Tim, before finishing his career with the Blues, Keith the Chuck, who will be on our show here very shortly at 830, he was traded to what team in the 2006-2007 season? Was it the Phoenix Coyotes, the Atlanta Thrashers, or the Ottawa Senators? Oh, nuts. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'll say, well, he came from the Coyotes, but I, I don't think he went back there. And I think he was traded for a playoff run, so I'm going to say Ottawa. Educated guess. Okay, question number three for Tim. What golfer was known as the Golden Bear? Is it John Daly, Jack Nicklaus, or Arnold Palmer? Uh, my brother's going to kill me for this one because he's a huge golf fan, but I'll say Jack Nicholas. All right, question number four, Tim. The game-winning home run known as the shot heard round the world hit by Bobby Thompson came in what ballpark? Ebbets Field, Yankee Stadium, or Polo Grounds? He's got the Giants, so that was a Polo Grounds. All right, we're checking your score here. Confirmed. Yep, waving and Randy. Tim, what's your brother's name? Uh, Tom. Huge golfing fan. <laughs> Tim and Tom. And I can't tell you how you did, yep. but Tom won't be disappointed in you, Tim. Just know that. Oh, good to know. Thank yeah. you. Randy is putting his headset on. Randy, please say good morning to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Great to have you with us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, sir. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last fight of the year. How are you feeling? Okay. Just Good. okay? Yeah. Just, I, I always feel okay. You know, mm-hmm. I asked him how he was feeling, and he said, great. That's what I like to hear. He was feeling uh, kind of sluggish, maybe a little under the weather all week. Woke up today feeling awesome. That's what we need to hear. Yeah, so just Good. a heads up for you that all your right. competition's feeling good. I'm ready. Question number one for Randy. John Madden's final broadcast was a Super Bowl win for what team? For the... Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers over the Arizona Cardinals. San Antonio Holmes caught the touchdown pass from Ben Roethlisberger. And by the way, in Kurt, the last time Kurt Warner touched the ball in that game, he put his team ahead, as he did in all three of his Super Bowls. 
All right, Randy, question number two. Before finishing his career with the Blues, Keith the Chuck was traded to what team in the 2006-2007 season? I believe that would have been the trade to the Atlanta Thrashers. What golfer was known as the Golden Bear? Oh, man. Um, total guess I'm going to go with Jack Nicholas here. Your sarcasm is not lost on us, Randy. Randy, the game-winning home run. <laughs> Sorry. The game-winning home run known as the shot heard round the world hit by Bobby Thompson came in what ballpark? All right, so he hit it off of Ralph Branca of the Dodgers. This was a Giants win. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. And because the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, played their home games at the Polo Grounds in New York, I am going to go with, see, the Dodgers were at Abbott's Field. The Giants were at the Polo Grounds. I'm going to go with the Polo Grounds. This was an epic fight to close out the year. Both our fighters did an excellent job, but one did just a little better. Was it Tim or was it Randy? Andrew, ring the bell. Go crazy, folks! Oh, no. Uh-oh. Just win, baby. Oh, there it goes. There you go. Tim, you did an awesome job. You got three correct, but Randy closed out the year strong. He got the jack all four correct. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Zero lifelines. Go ahead. This is your moment. Go ahead. Fire some more. It's my last moment <laughs> It's your last moment of 2021. All right. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Tim, that you have to endure this. Tim. Uh, Tim, great effort. Tell your brother Tom that you did get the golf question correct. And thanks for listening and have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Tim. And in 2022, get your popcorn ready. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Just saying. What are we getting our popcorn ready for? You to win more fights? You will not convince me that that's not Phil Collins. I know we Googled it, but that is Phil Collins. Win, 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 win. That is not. John Madden's final broadcast was a Super Bowl win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before finishing his career with the Blues, Keith Kachuk was traded to the Atlanta Thrashers in the 2006-2007 season. Jack Nicklaus was known as the Golden Bear. And the game-winning home run, known as the shot heard around the world, was hit by Bobby Thompson in the ballpark known as Polo Grounds. From the 314, Randy could have won that fight in a coma. A food coma. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Hey, one day it's these questions are too hard. The next day these questions are softballs. That's the text line, right? What do you want from me? Here's the thing, (laughs) Andrew. No, this was, like I say, and and for those that aren't aware of my philosophy of the fight. It's a tough job, man. It is. It's a thankless job. But here's the thing. I, I believe, and this is not unreasonable. I, I think that you should always have a throwaway, like the, the Jack Nicholas question, okay? I think this was a perfectly constituted fight because if you're driving down 270 or 40, 44, 55, you're driving down the highway, you have a ch- what I think is the average Joe listener should have the opportunity 
to, while he's playing, not necessarily on the phone, but get the question correct without the lifelines. Answer right away. Boom. And I think this was a group of questions that provided enough of a challenge for the average listener and provided a reasonable challenge for me. Was it reasonable? I think it was a reasonable challenge, yeah, because if I don't think about, for example, the polo grounds, I, I have to... You know, I could have very easily said, oh, Ebbets Field. Yeah. And and been wrong. I, I, I agree. I thought I, it was a good fight. I have to think about it. Uh, Keith Kachuk isn't, there's no guarantee that I'm going to know that. I mean, they traded Doug Waite to Anaheim too, but uh, there's no guarantee that I'm going to know that. And what was the first question? The first question was John Madden. John, John Madden. Madden. Yeah. The, you know what? Again, I could have jumped the gun and very easily said, oh, yeah, Super Bowl 36, because that was his last game with Fox and forgotten about the Monday night football and the Sunday night football experience. I just want to give some support to Andrew from the text line. The 573 says, hey, Andrew, don't worry about it. Some people at your station have trouble hitting softballs. <laughs> oh, wow. That did not come from me either. Okay, so there you go. That's the fight. Uh, the last fight of 2021 on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and a conversation with Joey Vitale as we get ready for the Winter Classic on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. The Blues in Minnesota tomorrow, Target Field in St. Paul. It is the 2022 Winter Classic, and our Blues analyst, Joey Vitale, joins us as he does every Friday morning on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Randy, doing awesome, man. How are you guys today? Everything's great. As I look at your career, you just missed the Winter Classic when you started off with the Penguins, didn't you? Well, I missed the first one, yeah, in Buffalo. That was the original. Uh, where, where Sidney Crosby, of, scored, of course, scored that uh, shootout goal, which was um, was an awesome night. Uh, I was fortunate to play in Soldier Field, uh, where, where the Bears play. I believe it was my third or fourth year in, in Pittsburgh. We played the Blackhawks. We got shellacked, but it was, it was a great memory nonetheless. Well, Joey, as you head to the Winter Classic that the Blues are playing in Minnesota, we know that the temperatures are going to be pretty cold. I think the predicted high is negative 3. The low is negative 13. How are you preparing for this? Uh, you know what, Michelle? I, I have my, my, my big winter jacket. I got my hand warmers, which, by the way, what an invention those are. I have uh, my big scarf, and, and I got a warm blanket. My wife, when, when she was going through all her pregnancies, I, we did the math the other day. She's been pregnant or in a newborn phase, half of our marriage. That's been crazy. <laughs> but she's always been cold at nighttime, especially the winter. So I got her this, this uh, heated blanket. You plug it in, and, and I actually we, we took it out from underneath the bed today and so i'm gonna plug that bad boy in and curbs and i are gonna have to snuggle up uh, underneath it there but I, I think it should be cold uh looking forward to it though i know i know to some regard uh, there's actually an old uh, a lot of history and a lot of good scripture about what cold weather does to the body and i hope it i hope it translates to the to the blues you know there's a lot of a lot of science on cold tub therapies, which you guys, of course, have have seen or experienced um, mm-hmm. seeing the Cardinals and Blues. Uh, Dan, you as well. You you jump in the cold tub, you hop out. Ryan O'Reilly, he strips down between every period, hops in the cold tub. Why would you do something so crazy? Not only physical, 
uh, they've actually shown that the dopamine levels in your brain go up as much as 250%. Get this, 250% your dopamine, which is your good-feeling chemical in your brain, goes up when you're exposed to such cold weather like a cold tub or, or take negative 13 or negative 20 degrees, whatever it's going to be in Minnesota. So hopefully that translates to the players. I know I'll be pretty geeked up about it. <laughs> Joey, have you heard of the Wim Hof breathing mechanism that uh, they do in cold weather? No, what's that? Is that like the um, is that like the, the ones they do when you when you're pushing a baby? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like Lamaze. That I think I, I think been, that's Lamaze. I've been, been to those Lamaze breathing classes. The same thing. It's different. I'm gonna have to send it to you. So there's this guy they call him the Ice Man, and he developed this breathing technique. It's called the Wim Hof breathing technique, and he endures all of these cold baths. He climbs glaciers, and he says that if you're able to control your breath in a certain way, that your body doesn't feel cold. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, there's a great documentary, Michelle. It's called uh, My Octopus Friend or My Best Friend, The Octopus. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. It's actually, I cried. It's, it's about this guy in Australia, and he goes he goes scuba diving. And it's a great documentary. It came out during the pandemic. I think I was crying because, like, a lot was going on with the pandemic. But anyway, <laughs> um, he goes out, and he scuba dives, and he meets this octopus. And they become, like, really good friends. And he talks, he talks a little bit about that, where – the first week or two, it was such a shock to him. But now, after a while of getting used to it, you don't even feel it. And then, even after months of it, doing it every single morning in like the like almost freezing temperature ocean, he said it actually feels good. He's, he's actually trained his mind, his body, where it actually like he, he wants to get to it, like he has to get to it, or else his day is kind of flat. So, yeah. Anyway, I hope that uh, I hope the Blues can channel some of that, whatever the heck it is. We we've seen all those videos where people that raise lions see the lion like four or five years later and the lion comes up and gives them a big hug i wonder if an octopus would do that like if and they have like eight brains right so if you have an octopus friend i wonder if after four or five years of not seeing you if the octopus would come up and give you just a giant octopus hug i mean with eight brains you think there's got to be some sort of knowledge there randy absolutely uh eight legs eight brains you know those those octopus some people really believe that they're aliens. I mean, they kind of move like an alien. Have you ever seen one move on sand? They kind of move like aliens, and they kind of got that big old goofy head. I'm not saying aliens have big heads. I mean, I would assume they have big heads. That's mm-hmm. the least people sketch about them. But, you know, the lions is another interesting one, too. Like, you're right. I've seen those documentaries where they go away for, for years. Like, the owners or the trainers go away for years. They come back in the wild. And all of a sudden, these lions start start charging them, and they don't flinch. And they just give them a big old, big old lion cup. You know... The thing about lions that you got to be careful about, lions are an interesting breed because the male lions, all they do all day, they, they basically have two jobs. They they eat whatever the lionesses kill, and they basically mate with all the lionesses. That, that's essentially what they do. They sleep like 20 hours a day. Talk about talk about uh, lions got, got a mate in the shade. Talk about a lions. gig, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, what a gig, right? But uh, hold on, it's a gig. It's a gig until until another male lion – wants to take over their pride, right? The main job of a lion, a male lion, is to, to watch over its pride. You impregnate your lionesses, and then you eat whatever the lionesses, you know, feed you, essentially. But whenever a male lion on the outside grows up, they want to take over your pride. So that's where you got to fight. Now, where it becomes really interesting, uh, before, before we start saying this is a great gig, if another male lion attacks the, the lion of the pride and beats him, like a younger lion beats the male lion of the pride that's already existed, he will now take over that pride, but it doesn't stop right there. He goes after all the young cubs and the one-year-olds that that lion basically were, were they his sons or daughters, and he kills them. Look, look this up. This is wow. crazy. 
So a new male lion will take over pride, and he goes up to every male or female little cub, like little little lion cub, and he like snaps their neck and he kills them. That's yeah, not so, very nice. No, I thought it'd be a good gig, but maybe not so much. No, you better be the toughest, the toughest lion in the jungle. I'll tell you that. You better be the king yeah, of the jungle. Sir. Better be Simba, yes, sir, <laughs> uh, or Mufasa for that matter. Uh, and by G- the way, nine nine brains for an octopus. They have one in the middle too. The eight, oh. the eight tentacles, and then the ninth one, the big one in the middle. A big jumbo brain oh, yeah. in the middle. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Joey. Are you a resolutions guy? I am not, Michelle. I'm not a resolutions guy. Uh, I despise this holiday. Uh, it's it's got to be one of my worst. Uh, you know, because I, I I'm, I'm of the thinking if you want to change something, just change it today or change it tomorrow. Every day is a new day. You know, and, you know, people, they have these, they have these new resolutions and then they don't stick with them, Michelle. And then, and then, and then they feel bad about it. And then, then they start regretting. Right. And then that's, that's kind of a shameful thing. Or, or is it, or maybe it's not like, you know, the Kierkegaard, he, he's a great philosopher, uh, philosophizer back, back in the day. He, he's one of my favorite, he's one of my favorite philosophers. Well, my second favorite philosopher of all time, but he has this great quote, you know, he, he talks about what it is to be human. He says, you know, laugh at the world's problems. You'll regret it. Uh, don't laugh. You'll regret that, too. He says, weep over the world's problems. You'll regret that. Don't weep over me. you regret that as well. Um, he goes on to say, marry. You'll regret it. Don't marry. You'll regret that, too. And he said, this is the essence of philosophy. This is the essence of life. And what he's trying to say is, you're human. We're all human. And we're going to live with regret no matter what. That, that is just part of being a human because we're all very, very flawed. So, so people should, should be easy on themselves when, when they don't follow through with certain things and they start regretting things because, hey, man, that's just life. It is, and I was going to ask you if there was a resolution you would like to see from the Blues as we head into 2022, but maybe we should just all be a little bit easier on them. But I don't know how, how much easier we could be on the Blues because they've endured a lot, and we've we've watched them overcome so much. So I think in 2022, it's probably just smooth sailing for them. Let's go. Get a cup. How about that? I'll take that one. Get a cup. Uh, go for it. Make a run. This is a heck of a team. It's a heck of a hockey team. I, I mean, I'm not just saying it's not biased. This is a heck of a hockey team. They played an unreal game a couple of nights ago against a really good hockey team in the Oilers, and they were missing basically a full line. Craig Berube has announced that uh, Buchnevich, Sundquist, Barbashev all will be available. That's a whole other line that we could possibly see that was not in that game the other night. Um, it's a team that I think has rediscovered their identity. I think the silver lining, Michelle and Randy, with all the COVID and injuries, they had to call up a lot of bigger bodies, heavier bodies that can skate and be physical. I think the Blues got away from that for a little while because of the personnel they had to start the year. And I think they've kind of reinvigorated themselves. They kind of re- reinstated that we're a big physical team that's got to play fast. And I think they found that through the silver lining of all these injuries. And not to mention, you got young guys that have really just grabbed this thing and then taken off with it. And they did it from the get-go. Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and they continue to propel themselves from there. This team has got it all. They got the veterans. They got the young guys pulling the rope. They got great goaltending. They got a heck of a coach right now. So, to me, this is a great time to be a Blues fan. I'm looking forward to the, the, the game tomorrow night. Although it will be cold, it will be very exciting. Uh, so many wonderful memories for these players, uh, for their families. A lot of cool Minnesota ties with this Blues team, whether it be Prunovich or Justin Falk or Charlie Lindgren growing up there. So wonderful, wonderful time, wonderful experience for everyone. And uh, like I said at the end of the day, it's, gonna, it's a great day to be a Blues fan. Joey, before we let you go, who's your number one philosopher? Oh, well, I mean, geez, oh, God, you got, you got me here, Randy. Um, you know, can, can Leonardo da Vinci become a philosopher? I mean, yes. I know he's a Renaissance man. Yeah, I'll take Leonardo da Vinci. He 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 kind of did it all. You know, to me, um, if you ever if you ever want to spend about a good hour and you got an hour to kill, really trying to break down and, and look in detail of what the Mona Lisa really was and, and how 
and how he pretty much um, he just he took the art world by storm by uh, the method for which he painted painted that thing um, from different angles. If, if you look at it, he was so good about understanding the brain, and then he put it on paper. So you look at the Mona Lisa, you look at her eyes, and she appears to be smiling. But then you look at her mouth, and then she's not smiling. And people have never figured that out. But Leonardo da Vinci was so ahead of his time. There's actually triggers, and there's actually um, wires in your brain that get crisscrossed where it, it becomes the optical illusion when you look across from certain things. But he only knew that because he was actually a bit of a psycho. He actually would, um, <laughs> he, he would dissect bodies. Like, people would die. And think about this. You know, back in the Renaissance days, like, yeah, we dissect humans now. But back in the day, everyone thought he was a big creep. Like, why is he taking all these dead bodies? But he would, like, cut them open, and he wanted to see how the brain and, and the body worked. And he actually got so detailed in the brain, he actually came up with um, these illusions that, that you could actually you know, put on paper that would kind of throw people for loops. And, and that, to me, um, is why I think he's one of the best. And not to mention he's Italian. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, come there on. you go. Exactly. Yep. Hey, have a great time. We will be tuned in tomorrow and enjoy everything that the Winter Classic has to offer. Sounds good, Randy Michelle. You guys have a great weekend. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you, sir. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. He's a phenom. I always learn so much about yeah. hockey and about life when we talk to Joe Vitale. Don't you want to read about Leonardo da Vinci now? Guess what's on my list of things to do. Yeah. I'm watching that octopus <laughs> documentary. You better believe it. You know it. Hey, coming up next, we're going to talk some more Winter Classic with our friend, former Blue Keith Kachuk, coming your way with Carriker and Small Money ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. The Blues playing at a Winter Classic tomorrow night in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's going to be super cold, and uh, you will hear it here on 101 ESPN. A guy who played in the Blues alumni Winter Classic game five years ago is Keith Kachuk. Big Walt joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. I'm 101 ESPN with Michelle. This is Randy. Walt, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, I have to believe that growing up in Boston that you played a few outdoor games, right? Of course. We had a few ponds uh, around there that froze. Um, we had a couple games all day. We didn't really have games. We just dropped the gloves and started wrestling the whole time, so... <laughs> <laughs> didn't, have, didn't have too many like the guys up in Canada did or the guys up in Minnesota uh, with the weather situation. But we, when we did, we had a lot of fun. Do you remember the coldest game you've ever played in, Keith? You know, I played a couple high school games and outdoor games, like uh, outdoor rinks, uh, which were horrible because when that sun goes down and it's cold, there's nothing worse than going out there. I'm sorry. When you play a game, you're thinking about blocking a shot. Boy, that stings that puck you know, when you get hit in certain spots. But still the excitement of playing on a pond is, is is really cool. And to get to do that, what I did five years ago with the Blues alumni was awesome. So the weather was good that day. It was sunny. It was during the day. And let's talk about that first because we've talked to guys throughout the course of the week what that room was like before the game, being in the Blues alumni dressing room. What was that like for you? First of all, it was just a big thrill to be in the, you know, the Cardinals dressing room. You know, uh, which was incredible. I mean, the amount of great players that played for the Cardinals. Then you look around the room and you see, wow, you're, you're part of something big. You're 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 in the same dressing room as Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hull, Adam Oates, you know, Al McCannis, Prongs, and you know, so forth. So it was it was actually fun. Bernie was there, Mellon B. Um, so it, it was just one of those things where you just look around and you're like, wow, 
you're a part of something really, really big. And then, you know, before the game, you kind of walk out to the dugout and you look around, you're like, now, now the nerves like gripping in because you see how big the stadium is, how many people are filing in and, and you're getting to go out there and play a game, which you love to play. And you made a profession out of it, but you haven't played in a long time. So <laughs> you're a little nervous. How did you feel, Keith, once you hit the ice? Did you feel like it just came back, like it was muscle memory, or did it take you uh, a while to feel comfortable? Warm-ups, you're a little stiff at that age, so <laughs> it's, uh, it was tough. But, you know, luckily there's a lot of guys in the same boat. But uh, uh, it was more after the game and the next two weeks that were pretty sore. <laughs> and Chaser was telling us that once the third period came around that the, the old competitive juices started flowing. Was it that way for you? Well, let's just say, of course, you wanted to beat the Blackhawks, but, you know, thank God we had guys like Scott Young and Turgeon, Salvi, <laughs> Ribs, you know, Barry Jackman. Uh, who else do we have? We had a bunch of guys that were in incredible shape that were Dally Drake that, that carried the load for us uh, bums. <laughs> Keith, you were talking about all of the great players that were in that dressing room and feeling the the importance of the moment and how cool that was. But every guy we've talked to, as Randy mentioned, we're talking about the laughs and, and what it was like to just get so many guys back together and be in that space where you're together before a game. I know you mentioned that there were a little bit of nerves, but was it great for you to just be able to revisit that, to revisit that feeling of camaraderie that you used to have with your teammates? Yeah, there's nothing like the dressing room. That's where, you know, it's a sacred place for all players, everybody you know, loves being around there. We love, you know, hanging with each other, ribbing each other. So, you know, telling stories. So it was pretty cool, the whole process. I mean, it was a, it was a big production. It really was. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad and, and, you know, that I had the opportunity to do that. You know, St. Louis, and St. Louis, you know, with Crusoe and our staff, they do everything right here, you know, and they make it a first-class event with the NHL. And, um, you know, it was great, you know, sitting next to Bernie Federico and all these guys and, you know, you have the different generations, and you just you just picture yourself taking pictures and getting stuff signed, and uh, it was a great feeling being back with the guys in the room. Who was the biggest personality in that room? You mentioned everybody ribbing each other, giving each other trouble. Who was the guy that was the ringleader of that? Well, you got you got a bunch of guys. You know I me, mean? when you got Brett Hill in that room, you know that, that's <laughs> a, that's all you need for personality. I mean, he's such a great guy, and. Uh, you know, he, he just he just uh, he makes everybody feel good, and he's a funny guy, and he's a great player, and you know, he just he just got that personality that everybody wants to be around. Keith Kachuk with us on 101 ESPN, the Blues in the Winter Classic tomorrow, and Walt. So many times I would run into Bob Plager, and he would talk about players that he saw that the Blues wound up with, and take so much pride. What's it like for you watching these guys that you have? given your stamp of approval to the Blues, too. The Blues go out and get those guys, and then they wind up playing and be productive guys for the team. I think it's a great feeling. I mean, uh, you know, being a part of the staff now and helping out and seeing the, the guys grow and become, you know, solid NHL players. And, and the way they're playing right now, it's a lot of fun to be watching. And it's a lot of fun to have a piece into. Like, it's it's, it's great. You know, you see these guys develop, and Robbie Thomas, Cairo, and all these guys, and, they're coming up, Peronovich, and and and, and all. It's fun. It's it's what it's all about, and you know it's time to move on. It's time to give back, and you know I love the fact that we're doing as well as we are. Keith, the Blues have endured a lot this season, and it's going to be great to see the team finally get healthy and be able to play together for a stretch. But what you've observed from the team so far, what do you think this Blues team is? What's their identity, and what do you think they're capable of? 
Well, I think it showed with a lot of guys being out that there's still, you know, a team that can find a way to win. And you got to give Craig Berube a lot of credit for finding, you know, not making any excuses, basically the next man up getting the job done. And, you know, I see, I think you see a different Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, he's playing as good as I've ever seen him in a blues uniform. Obviously he feels very comfortable playing with his, his comrades and Barbashev and Bushnevich. Um, you know, we got a good mix of everything, which I love. I mean, Pareko's still a great defender who, you know, who does extremely well against the top players in the NHL. You got one of the best captains around, Ryan O'Reilly. Perron's going to be coming back. You have the youth with Thomas and Cairo. Um, Falk is having a great season. Benner's back. You know, there's a lot of things to, to look forward to. And, and it's just not a, it's a fun-loving game against the Minnesota Wild. This is an important game for both teams to stay ahead of each other. And, you know, I think we're first in the center right now. We want to stay that way. Walt, one more thing from me, and this is uh, more personal, because as when we have kids, we never dream about the day that we're going to be empty nesters. And your daughter goes off to college. Brady signs a big contract. He's out of the house. What's it been like for you this fall? Well, it was different. You know what? I, it was crazy, to be honest with you. Yeah, we, never, we were really never here. You know, part of my schedule working on weekends during the week or whatever. We, you know, we were traveling to go see the boys play on the road, seeing her her play. You know, before my season started. So, like from August till basically uh, beginning of November, we were we were out of town all the time, and I was tired. So, you know, um, it's weird now. You know, when she goes back to school, but you know, it's it's. I, you know, it's a, it's a test of your relationship. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Hey, always good to talk to you. Thanks so much. Happy New Year. Have a great 2022, and we'll talk to you next year. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. You too. Thanks, Keith. Keith Kachuk, Big Walt, with us on 101 ESPN. How much fun has it been this week with all the Blues alumni? It's been amazing, and we've said it a lot, but it, it's worth saying again. How lucky are we to have such a rich group of Blues alumni that are still involved in the organization and are still here in town? And such great personalities yes. and so committed. You mentioned here in town, but so committed to seeing the community do better, whether it's their involvement with youth hockey or the Blues Alumni Foundation. They want St. Louis to be a better place, too. It's amazing. We're really lucky. And think about how lucky the players are, too, to yeah. have that set of resources to where they can not only look up to these guys and what they've accomplished and how they represent the Blue Note, but go to them for advice or just be able to get instruction from them and talk to them. It's it's really special. And then one, one more thing I want to bring up, because we have Larry, we've had Larry Patey on, we've had Jeff Brown on, we had Big Walt, we had Barrett Jackman. We, we've had five different guys on this week. And every one of them, when we asked about Kelly the Chase, room, too. Chaser, yeah. Every one of them. When we asked about the room, the first guy they bring up is Gretzky. Of course. Which, of course, is going to happen. But we had that guy. We th- know, That guy that everybody, even the best players in the world, other Hall of Famers, say, I was in a room with Wayne Gretzky. I got a stick from Wayne Gretzky. How about Kelly Chase telling us that guys were like, I'm going to go sit next to Gretzky. Take my picture. Take my <laughs> picture take my next. Picture. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable that, that he was here and Again, he's also a member of our community, and it's great to have uh, number 99 as a St. Louisan as well. Coming up next, we've got You're Killing Me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. It is time now for 
Before we get into some stories of the day, we want to give a shout out, Randy. We got a text from the 636 that said, Happy New Year, Randy and Michelle. My son is getting married this evening to a beautiful young woman, both inside and out. Can you please give a shout out to Steve and Paige? Steve and Paige, hey, have a, a great life. Congratulations on your nuptials and have a happy 2022 and beyond. Yes, congratulations to Steve and Paige. Pretty awesome. Good. And Good Randy, time of year to get married. As someone who has been married a very long time, yeah. any words of wisdom for the happy couple? Pick your fights. Yep. Pick pick your battles. Don't uh, don't don't try to win a fight that you can't win. And you know what? When it is a fight you can't win, you just smile and say, "Okay, you win." <laughs> okay, you win. If you if you can't win it, why bother? Right? And then pick the ones that you can. Pick the most important ones. Pick the big screen TV in the basement. That's the important one to you? Yeah. Pick the sports vacations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me tell you something, okay? okay I learned this early okay, on. Settle in. Okay. Uh, bedroom furniture example. You will be in uh, a furniture store, and you'll be looking at bedroom furniture, and you'll say, I really like that one. And she'll say, I really like this one. And you say, but I really like that one. Here's the thing. In two weeks whether it's the furniture you choose or the furniture she chooses, you aren't even going to notice it. It's just going to be part of the landscape. It's going to be like you live in Colorado and the, when you walk out, the mountains are there and you're looking down. Don't bother with choosing furniture. Let her choose all the furniture mm -hmm. because I guarantee you that you won't even notice in two weeks whether or not you have your furniture or hers. So just let her win. Let her win. Yep. Let Good her win advice. for the decorating. Uh, you take a you as a male you pick the fights that matter to you big screen TVs sports vacations you've mentioned those golf now. clubs yeah I'd, well those are like the 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 grill important. the grill yeah there's only three important things yeah yeah uh Steve I hope you're listening yeah <laughs> uh, me too happy, uh happy marriage Steve <laughs> Get that big screen TV and those sports vacations, and, and the, you'll and be the grill, And the grill, yeah. So there's only three important things, and you're if you're a bicyclist, the the bike too. But I I don't think that that would really be a fight because it's no. you know an exercise mechanism. True. Yeah. Good point, Michelle. You know what I mean? You're killing me, Smalls. There it is, Randy. Yesterday was the Duke's Mayo Bowl, mm, and quality mayo. You do love Duke's Mayo. It is good. Yeah. What, is, what makes it better than the average man? a little bit more tangy flavor okay. than like a Hel Hellman's is more of, I, I don't, it, it just doesn't have, it's not spiced the same. Hellman's is like, it's completely unspiced. It's mm -hmm. bland. So Taking nothing away from Hellman's. this has a little zip Hellman's. to it. Right. This has a little, Duke's has a little zip. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Well, South Carolina defeated North Carolina, or excuse, yeah, South Carolina defeated North Carolina 38 to 21 in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. We talked a little bit earlier in the show. South Carolina head coach Shane Beaver, he had a, a mayo bath that was, um, you know, he was a good sport about it. Mm -hmm. He seemingly had a smile on his face. It didn't look like a great time. I'm just going to say it. It did not look like a great time. Okay. Now, Conversely, we had our friends uh, in the booth and on the broadcast team that were trying mayo with different delicacies. My friend Mike Golick Jr. Uh, was built for this, okay? This is, <laughs> he and Anish were in the booth and I, when I first saw that he was on the mayo bowl, I was like, okay, this is going to be something where Mike is going to thrive. He's mm -hmm. going to thrive. And they were trying different things dipped in mayo, including, Randy, a cream-filled cookie. With what? Cream-filled cookies here. You first. Take a dip. 
It's a really interesting blend of flavors. Thumbs up for me. So essentially, this is an Oreo. Essentially an Oreo, because they probably couldn't say the name mm-hmm. because of sponsorship deals or whatever. But if you watch the video, Mike dips the cookie in the mayo and then goes for a second dip before he eats it. We're talking a generous scoop of mayo on top of an Oreo cookie. Would you do it? Yeah, I would try it. There are some things that I would not try, but there are also things that I never would have dreamed would be good that are a great combination. So, yes, I I would give it a shot. Really? Okay, what about this one? They also tried peanut butter and jelly dipped in mayo. Yeah, I probably would not go there. Andrew? No, I don't think I'd do that. I have done mustard on watermelon, though, before. Yeah, that's interesting. Which Why? actually is was, that a thing? I think it is. Okay. It was actually pretty good. So I'm not going to rule anything out. Mustard on watermelon. Yeah. What about this? A donut dipped in mayo. They tried that as well. Yeah, I think I would do that. I don't know that I would maintain doing that over the course of years. But yeah, I've, I've done a taco donut before. So I think I'd probably do that. But the thing is, is if you're doing a taco donut, at least when you take a bite, there's a dispersion of flavors mm-hmm. based on how you eat it. These guys were dipping it in, which means what they're mostly eating is just is a glob mayo, of right. mayo with maybe a little glazed donut on the back end. But if it's like a Krispy Kreme donut, I think that's worth a try is dipping it into the mayo to see what it tastes like. I think I'm, I find that interesting. Like when the Grizzlies had the Krispy Kreme donut as the bun for a burger. That was good. It was, it really, was really good. good. So it's, it's worth a try. And that had mayo on it, by the way. Oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was delicious. Well, I just wanted to bring this to your attention, too, guys. We had two tweets that were interesting about this. So Dion Warwick, you know Dion Warwick, oh, yeah. famous singer. I saw Dion's car in, when I took the tour of the Stars Homes in Hollywood one did time. Did you? Yeah. Her license plate says Dion W. Dion W. Okay. Well, Dion W. saw <laughs> Mike Golick Jr. eating donuts and PB&Js and Oreos and mayo. She quote tweeted the video and said, at ESPN, I need both of these young men to take a paid leave and really think about what's going on oh, here. no. Come on. Dion, not please. Neither is Australia. This made international news. There was an article in Australia, and the headline was this. Commentators disgusting on-air act proves the U.S. is beyond saving. <laughs> and then the sub headline there, what the heck is going on in America? Trying stuff. It's a pandemic. <laughs> Dukes is the sponsor, Australia. Yeah, come on, figure it out. You got it. They do some pretty weird stuff in Australia, yeah, too. Yeah, they like Vegemite, which is exactly. not my Thank preference. You, they're, yeah. putting, they're putting some condiments on some things yeah. over there, too. Right. So stop your judgment, Australia. Thank you. This is a no-shame zone. You like what you like. And you got to try stuff. You don't know if you like it, so you got to try it. That's right. Hmm? Whenever I wake up, <laughs> before I put on my makeup, I say, say a, a little, little prayer for you. <laughs> That's a Dionne Warwick song. That is from one of the greatest movies of all time, My Best Friend's it's, Wedding, yeah, too. Yeah, it's really good. Love that movie. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great scene, too, yes, in the lobster is. restaurant. So Classic. good. Classic. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Coming up next, today's big things. And we want you to weigh in. What is your sports resolution for 2022? You can send us a text. You can send us a Rhino Shield mic drop. You are next on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by... Together Credit Union, here for St. Louis, here to help you achieve more with your money.
All right, Sports Resolution 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. You can also leave us a Rhino Shield mic drop with the 101 ESPN app. And we want to know what you have as a resolution for your sports life, whether you're a participant or a fan in 2022. Michelle, I've never really had this as a resolution before, but I am a resolute to become a better putter in 2022. I need to putt better. And that means I need to practice more. So my New Year's resolution is to practice putting, which is something that I didn't do very well in 2021. Yeah, but that's the thing is if you're going to make a resolution, you need to have a plan to back it up. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Good luck to me. You need to come up with the diet. You need to come up with the exercise plan. And for you with putting, you need to develop a schedule. I'm going to putt X amount of times per week, whether it's in your basement. or I do have holes in my basement, so I can do. do that. So you need to develop a schedule so that you can, in fact, improve your golf game. I am going to do that. That's my resolution. Randy, it sounds like you need someone to help you push you to getting to that goal. You need someone like maybe myself. Are you in? Yes. To I maybe like go to the course yes. and just play we can compete. X amount of times. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Even, to help your putting game. Even just playing mini golf, things like that will benefit me. Happy Gilmore style. Yep. Exactly. I love that, Andrew. People helping people. Powerful stuff here yeah. at Carriker mm-hmm. and Smallman. Yeah. I love. Is that your New Year's resolution as well? Your sports resolution? Uh, it's up there. I, I think my entire golf game needs work, but uh, putting, sure. I, I have a few other ones. We'll let it, let it marinate though. Okay, cool. Okay. So my personal sports resolution is that in 2022, I am going to become a savant. When it comes to the MLS, I'm so excited about City SC. We're going to get a coach. We're going to get players. The kit is going to get revealed in 2022. And by the time we are ready for game one in 23, Carriker and Smallman is going to be your home for MLS. We're going to know everything there is to know about MLS here on this show. It's a great resolution. Good idea. And don't worry, I'll do all the legwork, and then I'll teach you what you need yeah, to I know. I know you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> you teach me. Because you can know about soccer, but you need to know about the MLS specifically. Who's going to be our rival? What are the different intricacies of the league that we need to know about? What are things we need to pay attention to? We're going to learn about it, and we're going to teach you. We're all going to learn together as a character and Smallman family. Good. I, I like that. I like this one a lot from the 314. It's to convince more St. Louisans to become Memphis Grizzlies fans. Mm. They're a really fun, up-and-coming NBA team, and they're close to here. And it's a fun and easy road trip to go and see them and the Memphis Redbirds. That's a really good one. I like that. And We can join in on that. John Morant, Morant is great, one of the best young and impressive players in the league. Yeah, they're a fun team. You're right. I've really wanted an NBA team for a long time. I thought it might be the Celtics because of Jason Tatum, but I can't really get over the whole I hate Boston hump. It's very difficult, even with the Celtics. Um, Tried the Bulls on for a minute, but again, can't really get over the I hate Chicago teams Mm -hmm. hump. It's been difficult. Memphis could be on there. I really love the Knicks, Randy. I I love watching the Knicks. I love Bing Bong. I mean, they're they're a really fun team to cheer for right now. I have a lot of orange and blue in my closet. I spend a lot of time in New York. That feels like it could be a fit, but the Memphis Grizzlies is a road trip away. Yeah, that's a good one. And the Pacers the Pacers apparently are moving into tank mode, but that's only a three-hour trip away, too. But they're going to be pretty good pretty soon because Rick Carlisle is picking out their players, and they will be really competitive as well. But in terms of a dynamic player, you won't find a more dynamic young player in the league than Morant. Yeah, Jazz amazing. So I've thought about it. Okay, come on in. I think for my sports resolutions, I want to... I want to go to other ballparks, other Good arenas. Resolution. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really haven't done that over the Stay course of my tour. life. There's a few different places that I've been, but I want to go 
to different stadiums. Is there any that are at the top of your sports bucket list? They, Fenway. Very good. Must go. Yankee Stadium. Mu- must, mm, I think Fenway I is probably. You, Yankee Stadium, a bit underwhelming for me. It's okay. very it's very massive. It's very grandiose. It's very sterile. You go somewhere like Fenway, and it's full of history and personality, yeah. and then you go to Yankee Stadium. Old Yankee Stadium was awesome. New Yankee Stadium, meh, it's fine. I think any stadium that has, like you said, history to it, Fenway. I've been to Wrigley. Both times I've been there, I've sat behind a pole, so I'm out on that place. <laughs> but Restricted view. Yeah, mm-hmm. not great. Yeah. yeah right. I, I just want to go to a place that has a ton of energy. You should go to Lambeau. Randy and I went That's to Lambeau this place. year, yeah. and it, it absolutely lived up to the hype. It was amazing. And if you can make it out to San Francisco, Oracle Park, formerly SBC and formerly AT&T, the Giants fans are great. You know what's at the top of my list? I need to get to PNC. I want to go to Pittsburgh. Mm. Never been to the city. Never seen a Pirates game there. Would love to go there. Maybe we make it a Carriker and Smallman road trip. We figure it out. I heard that's okay. one of the most beautiful parks in all of MLB. People yeah. love it. By the way, Andrew, the Cardinals play at Boston on June 17th, 18th, and 19th. I, I might know a guy who can help you get some tickets. To all right. That. Oh, look I at that. I have to start booking my Randy's got the trip plug. right now. Uh, other texts, 65780, your New Year's resolution sports-wise. I really like this one. My sports resolution is attending at least 10 Cardinal games and at least three Blues games in 2022. We as a society, as a sports society, need to get back in the habit of going to games. Yes, we I, do. I love that you're being resolute about the idea of getting back to And games. both of these teams are good or are going to continue to be good. Yeah. The Blues are so exciting right now. Um, we we talked to so many alumni guys today. Kelly Chase, or excuse me, Kelly Chase mentioned it, and Joe Vitale said it today. Go win a cup. This is a team that mm-hmm. legitimately, if they're healthy and can get that momentum, is capable of making a deep playoff run. So get it on your list to go see them play while you can. And 2022 has been the year that the Cardinals have circled for quite some mm-hmm. time with Yachty and Wayno, their last dance. You definitely need to make sure to get to the ballpark definitely. in 2022. Definitely. Savor that while you have it. From the 314, my sports resolution is not to trust the Cardinals and their hope strategy, which means that you probably trusted that strategy previously when they went to the playoffs last year or went to the playoffs the year before or went to the playoffs and went to the NLCS in 2019. What's wrong with the strategy that results in winning? Uh, Maybe the person likes losing. I think this person is saying that they thought the Cardinals would win the division and or be a World Series contender. Mm -hmm. And they trusted that the team would be there, and they were not. So while they were winning, we're a playoff team. I think this person is hoping for more. Then what you have to hope for is your New Year's resolution is to say a little prayer for health Mm -hmm. so that you don't lose 80% of your starting rotation for a month. And then have to go out and get new guys at the trade deadline and basically rebuild your starting rotation. Never have the closer that you planned on having during the course of the season. Lose your center fielder for a month and a half. I mean, those were pretty serious things that happened to the Cardinals. So if that's the case, yeah, I'm on board. I, If a hope strategy is hoping that people stay healthy... I, I agree that that is a hope strategy, but I don't think it's unrealistic to hope that your players stay healthy. But you're welcome to your opinion. Thank you. You're going to miss that, Mike Schilt. Yeah, I am. Um, 
What about this one from the 314? My sports resolution for 2022, I want to try to be more patient with Major League Baseball and the MLBPA. I'm impatient with them. If we miss games, then I will... I think it's our responsibility to go off on them. The fact that they only played 60 games in 2019 is ridiculous. They could have played more. And... I don't think that they've, I get, I love the fact that you don't want to get worked up over it and you want to be more patient with them, but they're idiots. (laughs) I don't think that they deserve your patience. But I also don't think that they deserve your negative energy. Don't get worked up over it when you know that they are acting like idiots. That's, That's one thing is you just have to let it play out without getting so worked up over it. And that's because mm-hmm. patience is a virtue. I, I, too, am angry with them. Our spring training trip is being threatened. Yeah. A team that we think has a chance to be really good, their season, their schedule is being threatened. Us seeing Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright potentially break the all-time record for battery mates, that's potentially being threatened. And I'm angry, mm-hmm. too. But also, what is us being angry going to do to change the situation other than make us angry? Absolutely nothing. Us being angry is not going to make Rob Manfred say, you know what? Maybe we should speed this up a bit because Randy Michelle and the BLIS are upset. So we don't want to worry about things we can't control is what we're saying. Yeah, so preserve your, your energy. I like this one from the 573. My resolution is to stop hating the opponents and their fans. Are Blackhawks really that bad? Are Rams players or even L.A. fans that bad? Cubs, Jayhawks, etc. We're all just trying to be, be people having fun. Oh, I just uh, I just can't the hell with the Jayhawks, Blackhawks, etc. I just can't. To hell with the Blackhawks, Jayhawks, etc. Stan Kroenke, your reservations in hell have been made. Let's go 2022. Champions everywhere. So, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't even get to 2022 without breaking his resolution. That's okay. I do get the sense, Michelle. Good job, good effort. Primarily, not 100% of the time, there is a pretty dramatic difference between social media fan, break it down, Twitter fan, and fan in the stands. Blackhawk fan that makes his way to St. Louis, sometimes going to be a jerk, but I would say 90% of the time, Blackhawk fans, if you're sitting next to them, they're fun, they're good. Yeah, good time, good time. Yep, but if you are... On social media, and you see a fan of one of those teams, you probably don't like them that much. Yeah, because people are really tough mm-hmm. when they're hiding behind a screen and usually hiding behind a fake name yeah. and a fake avatar. Right. You know, if you've got a logo of your team as your photo and it's at Blackhawks fan 112659, I don't want to hear from you. If you if you can put your name yeah, that to guy's it. That a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, have enough courage to put your name to it and your photo to it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, thanks for your resolutions. We do appreciate them here on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, next for the final time in 2021 on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Being a hockey guy, as Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic is, he loves when it's minus 10, minus 20 degrees. So he's fired up about the Winter Classic tomorrow at Target Field in Minnesota. He's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. You heard the little chuckle. You are, right? You, you love the cold weather. You know, I love it. I ran into, guys, I ran into a bunch of Blues fans on the plane up here to Minnesota 
yesterday. Uh, they were chanting, let's go blues on the plane. So you guys love that. Uh, but somebody said, uh, so Jeremy, where are you sitting? Where are you, you going to be out in the cold? And I said, no, I think where I, where I am, it's going to be 72 degrees. So <laughs> pretty good in the press box. And yesterday I went out to uh, target and bought uh, some gear and I posted a picture of it on Twitter and people said, yeah, that's not going to be enough. Well, no, I don't think anything will be enough. Do you really think that anything will be enough when it's minus 20? No. Uh, no, no. I did uh, hear yesterday from the NHL, John Ham's going to make it, and I, I heard he's going to brave the uh, elements. So no uh, sweet oh, box really? for John Ham. That's what I heard. Wow. wow. Tough guy. Tougher yeah. than me. So our uh, <laughs> our boss, John Kioski, is going, and his wife got him uh, a coat on moose knuckles. Is that right? Moose knuckles yeah, coat made in that. Canada? Uh, but I told him that I hope he got shoes because he's heading out today. I, I said the key, if you're going to be out in the elements, is to make sure your feet are warm. You have to have some rubber-soled, like, Eddie Bauer boots. Yeah, you do, for sure. Uh, shoes are key. Boots are key. You walk around here in Minnesota, not just this year, but been coming up here for years, and, and that's the key. And I also heard a lot from uh, Minnesota Wild fans yesterday when I posted that picture of what I was wearing. They said, no, you're going to need three layers plus some long johns. I don't know that I've worn long johns in uh, 20 years. Randy, what about you? I, I've got some, like, for riding my bike outside when it's in the yeah. 40s, literally in the 40s. <laughs> so that that's my threshold right there is, like, 40 degrees. So, yeah, I have, but uh, only for getting outside and doing exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done that exercise thing in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, JR, you're always putting out great work at The Athletic, and you had a great piece this week about our guy here on the show, David Perron, so obviously we need to ask you about him. He's back in the lineup, back uh, in action for the Blues, and you posed the question, when do the Blues re-sign him, which is obviously something that a lot of Blues fans are wondering about. So could you please answer the question that you posed? <laughs> yeah, that's your guy. That's your guy. You had him back uh, on the air this week. You know, I think it's a situation where the Blues want him to continue to be part of the future. Uh, there has been an emergence of some young guys, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, um, you know, what's going to happen with Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, but to me, right here in the middle of all this, you have David Perron, who just continues to produce. We've talked about it. You guys have talked to him about it. You know, he's like that fine wine. And, you know, he did the math for the article at 76 points. In 76 games, and then what he had a, a assist the other night, right? So um, he, he's just been phenomenal. So to me, when you have a David Perron, a guy who's still producing, yeah, he's going to be in his mid-30s when the contract starts. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be a difficult negotiation, you know, from David Perron's side. He wants to be here, and he's a guy who probably figures that he has two to three more years left uh, in in his career. And at the right AAV, I think you can get something done. So to me, if I'm the Blues, it seems like a no-brainer. Have him around to continue to uh, mesh with some of these younger guys you're bringing along. JR, another guy that needs to sign a contract is Craig Berube, and we'll get to that in a moment. But one of the things that I think Craig Berube does really well is prepare his team to avoid the noise. And that happened in the playoffs. They did a really good job when they won the Stanley Cup of not worrying about outside influences. And I think his approach during the course of this week leading up to the Winter Classic has been really good. He, he says, hey, it's great for the, fa the players. They get to bring their families up, have a skate with their, with their families. But we still need to win the hockey game. That's what he's been emphasizing. He has just about any time we've asked about the Winter Classic, Randy. Uh, that's how he's framed his response. And, you know, I wrote about him a couple of days ago when he won his 200th game. And, and for that article, I spoke to Larry Robinson. And not, not everything makes the uh, article. And one of the things I was kind of bummed out, I just couldn't fit in there, was Larry Robinson said, 
You know what's unique about Craig is he's an enforcer, right? And normally with enforcers, you think short fuses, but Craig doesn't have a short fuse. And Larry Robinson brought up the hand pass. He said, we're all back in the locker room, livid after that hand pass against San Jose. And Craig's like, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. And so I think that's what Larry Robinson, you know, told me a few times using examples that uh, Craig just has a great awareness for the situation. You know, don't get too riled up. Let's you know, look at the situation for what it is. And what it is is you have two teams here who are playing, you know, granted it's uh, you know going to be January 1st, but playing for the division lead. And so he's really put the focus on this hockey game. And I think it's just another example of, of him being aware of the situation and the message that he needs to convey. So what do you think will happen with the contract situation regarding Craig Bruby? With all that being said, JR? Yeah, Michelle, I, I think it's going to get done. Uh, I don't know when. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure Craig has a pretty good idea I'm sure they've had conversations in, in the, in the, you know, behind the scenes in terms of, uh, you know, not letting it become an issue between uh, the Blues and Craig Berube, you know, just leaving him wondering what's going on. You know, I'm sure Doug Armstrong has been up, up front. So, you know, what, whether it gets done soon or later, you know, I honestly don't know the answer, but I, I think we can all look at the situation and say that he and his staff have, have done a phenomenal job. And have the playoff wins been there the past couple of years? No, it, it, they haven't. But, but I think he's uh, really had control of this team, and especially during the circumstances with the pandemic, I really pushed him through. Hey, JR, the, if the Blues are going to get that big defenseman we all talk about, they're going to have to make a move cap-wise, but all, they'll also have to give up assets. Do you think that the recent performance of the guys that have come up from Springfield have maybe increased their value as the Blues look for that guy at the trade deadline? Perhaps a little bit, but Randy, the, the way I see it, you know, I think that the Springfield guys have played really well. And I think that, yes, maybe their value is a little bit more than it was at the start of the season. But when you talk about, you know, do the Blues need a, a big defenseman? You know, is this guy a two, three, four million dollar player? You know, I just don't think it matters how well the Dakota Joshua's or those types of guys, Torpchenko, you know, play. I don't know, you know, does that get you the guy you're looking for? And then secondly, you know, this defense, I still think they probably need somebody if they want to be a true contender for the Stanley Cup. They probably, as well as this defense is playing, you know, they probably need to, to bring somebody in. But, you know, I'll throw this out there. You know, the game the other night, they're starting to put it together. They really are. Like with Nico Mikola up in that top pair, if, if he can handle that, you know, and then you have a Falk and a Krug in that second pair, uh, and, and then uh, obviously they have a number of guys, uh, Perinovich, uh, those guys that can play in that bottom pair you know, perhaps this defense is okay if they can play that way. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, again, I, I personally think that they probably do need to bring somebody in and, you know, where they can find that person and, and who they give up, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and find out. Jared, Vladimir Tarasenko obviously playing great right now. He has uh, really been making an impact for the Blues in almost every single game. Keith Kachuk was on with us earlier and said that this is the best he's ever seen Vladdy play for the Blues. Do you agree with that? Or if it's not, it's the best he's played since when? Yeah, it, I, I think it probably is. I think Keith's probably right. Um, but I'll tell you what, you, you go back and you look at that second half of 2018-19 and you look at um, that, that postseason run – Watch those highlights. You know, he was everywhere. He was hitting that Stanley Cup final against Boston, you know, some back checks. I thought he played really well that year. So at that point, I was like, wow, this is the best I've ever seen Vladimir Tarasenko. But, uh, you know, I'd have to agree. You know, the one thing that sticks out with what he's doing right now, Michelle, is uh, 
you know, his goal to assist ratio, uh, I think what's he at 12 goals and 21 assists, you know, it's never been like that in his career. And, you know, assists happen, you're getting in the play, you're getting involved, you're, you're a part of things. Um, so I, I think that his all-around game, and then like we saw the other night with that dish to uh, Robert Thomas, what a pass. He's, he's just really, really, really in tune right now. Jared, what's your New Year's resolution? Oh, same as it's been for the last 46 years and it never happened. <laughs> 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 you guys can guess what that is. Okay. No, you're great. You're the best, and we always appreciate having you on. Have a great 22, and we'll be talking every week during 2022 as well. Hey, you guys too. Thanks a lot. And stay warm up there. Yep, yep, we will. We'll put all of our uh, shameless plug Target stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See you later, JR. Jeremy right. Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Man, I'll tell you. And we talked about it earlier. I don't think there are clothes that would make me comfortable in 15 or 20 below temperatures. What are you talking about comfortable? To make you warm? Because you're not going to be warm. No, you're not going to be warm. No. Yeah. I, I cannot be comfortable. I cannot enjoy a game. Let me put it that way. If I'm sitting outside in that weather. You could be dressed like Randy from A Christmas Story, the little yeah. brother, mm-hmm. who is in a full snowsuit, so wrapped up you can't put your arms down, scarf wrapped around your head with a hat over it, and you're still going to be freezing. Right. So give me my basement. That's why you just have to accept it. If you're going to the game and you're going to be down on the ice like Joe Vitale, you just have to go in with your heated blanket and your breathing mechanism and know it's going to be tough and get through it. Coming up, more of your New Year's resolutions and wishes for the local teams. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And you can always, of course, leave a Rhino Shield mic drop on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnooks. Get the app that gets you. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. ESPN. We're thrilled that you're with us for this final day of 2021, and we're all making resolution, resolutions. Resolutions, that's a good resolution to have. And one of our resolutions, and we're kind of proud of it, is that uh, we are going to uh, we're going to not talk about the lawsuit anymore because it's been settled. Yeah, we're on to the Battle Hawks. Anytime yeah, you over it. Get over it. Anytime you want to talk about Stan Kroenke or the lawsuit or how frustrated we are, I'm just going to have Andrew Fry off the cacaw. I like that. That's good. We need to do that. We I'm, need to look ahead rather than backward. I'm going to Belichick you and just say we're on to the Battle Hawks. What, you, what, what, what resolutions do you have? 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line number. And, Michelle, there are a ton of people that are weighing in with their resolutions for the St. Louis sports scene in 2022. Well, this person from the 314, not on board with us turning the page from the lawsuit. My resolution is to devise a plan to make Stan Kroenke miserable. Going to need a brain trust for this one. Love this idea. I think we did a little bit to enhance our processes there by taking $790 million out of his pocket. The only thing that makes him miserable, well, I shouldn't say this because he's generally miserable human being, 
But I would say that things that cause him to have to spend money he doesn't want to spend to make him miserable. True. But it is a problem that could have been much bigger for him that he now has completely tied up and he doesn't have to think about anymore. we need to devise a different plan. But I thought we were turning the page. Well, this person isn't. We, We are, but... Everybody has their own agendas for 2022. That's true. And if somebody does that, I'm not going to begrudge them that joy of devising a plan, especially if it works to make Stan Kroenke miserable. Yeah, I'm not going to fight you on that one. No. Absolutely not. From the 314, my sports resolution is that either the Blues win the Stanley Cup or the Cardinals win the championship in 2022. How about both? I think, Randy, you already said it earlier in the show. It's a given. Yeah. This is going to be a joyous year in St. Louis. It's going to be fantastic. Big Walt saying that uh, Vladdy's playing better than he ever has as a member of the Blues. Which you really don't have a lot to argue against. No. He's been playing outstanding. Maybe in 2022 we need to figure out a way to make Vladdy stay, or do we think that ship has already sailed? The toothpaste is already out of the tube on that one. There's a chance. Anything's possible. The fact that we're getting further along here and he's into 2022 and still smiling, that's a good thing. With the fans cheering him on, mm-hmm. him saying thank you to Laddie, the fans. Laddie, That's right. Laddie. From the 573, I'm with Randy. I think in 2022, I'm going to say more prayers for my teams. It's a great idea. It works. Just ask Sister Jean. Michelle, how do you react to that? That wasn't an ask from Sister Jean. That was more of a, I'm making you an offer you can't refuse. That was more of a, hey, big man. That's not I've a- devoted my life to you. I'm cashing in. That that just doesn't seem like a play that somebody who's lived their life that way should make. I think that they, she should ask for more substantial things than maybe there isn't. Maybe she's like us. Maybe there isn't anything more substantial than a Loyola win. It's kind of greedy, though. Thank it you, is. Andrew. One of the really seven is. deadly sins, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> bingo. There are seven Bing of them. Bong. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And you know what? If you're going to pull out that favor, yes, Illinois was a number one seed and you needed to get past the juggernaut that was the Illini in order to advance. But don't you think you'd save that ask for a national championship? I know I would. I would, yeah, totally. That's what I'm thinking. If you're going to make it a sports request and you're 100 years old, you ask for the championship. But Because <laughs> all due respect, next year isn't guaranteed. For any of us, Randy, we're all day to day. However, I will give her props because in her prayer, in her pregame prayer, she asked for very specific things from a strategic standpoint in order to beat Illinois, and Loyola did every single one of them. So shout out to Sister Jean for doing her scouting because she did a good job. She really did a good job there. All right. When you guys pray or you ask for something sports-related, are you doing the straight-up win, or are you asking for a good game, maybe a good performance out of this person, knowing that if that person has that type of performance, your team will ultimately win? I can only remember two times in my life that I've asked the big man for a little guidance. One was in 2005. He didn't help me out. Then I asked again in 2019, Game 7. He helped me out. So... We're 50s with the Lord. 500. We're 500 with the Lord. 50-50. Okay. Yeah, I I generally ask. Yeah, I only want the win. I'm not asking for, I don't want to ask him, hey, I really hope that Alex Petrangelo has a good game in game seven and the Blues win. I really hope you can guide Jordan Bennington to stand on his head. No, I straight up want the win. Give me the cup. Give me the hardware. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter how you get the win or who plays well to get the win. I'm with you. I I ask for the victory. Now, one thing that uh, 
that Mr. Uh, the, the big man upstairs. What do we call him? Mr. God? I, I just know. thank God. Capital God. G. C- capital G. Uh, one thing that he can do is he can cause the other team to lose, too. Yeah. You know, great vengeance can come down upon the opposition. Sometimes you can pray for that because that's in the Bible. But so I At least think- it was, I think it was because I saw it in Pulp Fiction. Well, you reap what you sow. Yeah. So I think if you're putting out goodness to the world, you're going to get goodness back. And if you're evil, bad things are coming your way. Yeah. Am hey, I right here? I don't know. All I know is they don't ask how. They ask how many. And the Blues have at least one championship. So it worked out. That's yeah. right. Like I said, 500. 65780, by the way. Yes. If indeed Samuel Jackson's great speech in Pulp Fiction is indeed a real thing. Okay. From the 636, my 2020 sports resolution, get Baruby resolved in 22. Chief is legit. I'm with you there. Sign that man. And don't let him get to free agency because that's a dangerous proposition. Because a team that has a lot of money might sign him. So don't let him get to free agency. Don't. Lock it up. He's won a Stanley Cup. What more do you want? He's the only one to do it. Yep. And he... Think about all of the adversity in his short tenure as the Blues head coach that he's had to deal with. Taking a team from worst to first, getting a Stanley Cup, not to mention everything that happened during that run. As we talked about today, the hand pass game where he was even keel and everybody was so worked Mm -hmm. up. Then in 2020, oh, an unprecedented global pandemic. You know, he had to deal with that. Then coming back last year, having one of his best players and David Perron not be available for the playoffs this year. Again, unprecedented injuries and guys on the COVID list playing shorthanded and the Blues are still in a good position. He has navigated the most treacherous of waters and never even broken a sweat. I've never even seen his voice go up or down. This is as steady as it comes. And the Blues are in a better position with Chief at the helm. Get it done. Yeah. Get her done now. Get her done. Uh, from the 636, there are better things to pray for besides sports. I don't think God butts into sports, and that's G with a small, uh, God with a small G. Capitalize the G. Uh, two questions. Number one, one question, one comment. Uh, question, mm-hmm. did you pay attention in 99 when certain guy got helped along to win the Super Bowl? I don't know. A and young then, man by the name of Kurt Warner. Yep. Hello. <laughs> and the other point to be made here is that, Michelle, in the Mormon religion, uh, the followers of that religion are told to not work on Sunday because God doesn't work on Sunday. Day and of rest. Day of rest. So the yeah. Utah Jazz are owned by uh, the late great Mormon Larry Miller, owned a bunch of car dealerships in Salt Lake City, owned to the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he doesn't show up at one of the finals games. It's on a Sunday in 1997, 1998, one of the years that the Bulls beat the Jazz in the finals. And it's a big thing on NBC that Larry Miller isn't there because it's a God thing. And I get a call from my buddy, Big Frank, and he says, can you believe they're talking about Larry Miller not being at the game because God doesn't work on Sundays? I said, yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. He said, no, God's playing in the game because it was the Bulls and Michael Jordan. True. And I laughed and thought, thought, yeah, good point. Point well taken. I'm just saying. From the 636, my New Year's resolution for sports would be to trade Jack Flaherty for a nice young bat that will be here for a while since Flaherty's not going to re-sign here anyway. Too early to do that. I want to try to win in 2022. And I think the best way for the Cardinals to try to win is with Jack Flaherty on their team. 
he definitely makes you better. From the 573, my sports resolution is to be able to become more of a hockey fan and have as much passion for the Blues that I do at the Cardinals. And I have a tip for you. You just need to listen to the games here on 101 ESPN mm-hmm. because if you're listening to Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale talk about blues hockey, when you hear Joe Vitale talk about anything, whether it's a documentary about a man <laughs> and an octopus or, um, you know, a special pasta that he likes what, and specifically blues hockey, you can't help but be entertained and enthralled. You're going to fall in love with it. So listen to the games here on 101 ESPN. And don't forget about the lion in the pride. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Right. It's easy to develop passion for the Blues. Going to a game will help enhance your enjoyment of the sport, I think. And like Michelle said, if you follow along with our broadcasters here on 101 or JK and Panger, they're so into it. I think that really does help enhance your passion because they're so passionate about it even after all these years. That's true. From the 314, my sports resolution is to make sure the Battlehawks come back to St. Louis. The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson, says they will be selecting teams and cities soon. Well, we are definitely going to be one of the cities. By the way, I saw a new Rock. I don't know if it was a new Rock movie last night. It was uh, Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds' The Red List. Did he save the world in a tight T-shirt? Well, kind of, yeah. Wow, that's a different move for him. It was I'm really, surprised he pivoted like it, that. It was a good action thriller. Wow, cool. Uh, and so, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, uh, I would say that over the course of the long weekend, if you like action thrillers, it's called Red Notice. Red Notice. It's a good movie. You know what? I love anything The Rock does. Me too. Dwayne, I know you're listening. I know you stream on the 101 ESPN app. I've heard he downloads the podcast too if he misses any of Character and Smallman. Yes. He's a fan. Uh, I love every movie you've ever been in. I, I, I think you're great. And uh, if you can't came and spend some time in St. Louis, I think you'd really enjoy it. I think you would. And uh, come do a scouting trip. We'll take you out for dinner. We'll show you the dome. You can see why you need to bring the Battlehawks back to St. Louis. But just know we love you, buddy. We do love you. And we know you're listening. And we hope to see you early on in 2022. Hey, BKM Ferrario are out at the uh, Centene Ice Center. And they are at the uh, fabulous studios that we have out there. And we are going to connect with them. It's not only our final crossover of 2021, but our, the Carriker and Smallman, final crossover ever. The crossover has been canceled. So we aren't doing it anymore. But we're going to have one final one. We might shed a tear here coming up on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Center at the EMB Granite Studios. That's where their show will emanate from today. And uh, BK is with us now for the crossover. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Got to turn the mic on, Randy. I'm a pro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing well. Alex is out here with me as well. How are you guys doing on this New Year's Eve? Carriker and Smalls. Everything's good. We're uh, we're we're excited about the Winter Classic tomorrow, but we're glad that we're not going to be there in the minus ten, minus twenty degree cold. Can you believe this guy to my right 
Randy, has said he would love to be at this nonsensical game that should be canceled for the day. <laughs> Play it on Sunday. Do whatever you got to do. Negative 10 degrees? Are you kidding me? Nobody wants to be out Maybe there. Maybe if Nobody. you were an actual hockey fan, BK, Ooh. you'd like to go out Did there. Did you hear what a, an all-time great blue said earlier today? Who? Keith Kachuk said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I Keith, would never want to play look, in that kind of weather. Look, and, and, Kara, and Randy, you can you can agree with this. Keith Kachuk, he was raised in Boston where it's always cold and miserable, and he played in Hartford for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, no, he played. Or the, he was all Arizona. Yeah, it, it was uh, Winnipeg. He did play in Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg. Okay, so he played in a miserable place in Winnipeg. He got to play in Arizona. He got to play in beautiful St. Louis. Nobody wants to play in the cold if you live that life. No, but I, I don't think any rational person no. wants to be in the cold weather anyway. You know what, guys? I was so happy that when the Rams would make the playoffs when they were here that those games were played inside the Dome. I didn't want anything to do with sitting out in 20-degree weather and snow. It just doesn't make sense when I have an alternative, which is 72 degrees, warm, and very nice, where I can go grab something to eat. and you, Put it this way. How can you eat when you have your entire body wrapped up because it's minus 10 degrees outside? Randy, the worst cliche in the world is when people say this is football weather. Yep. No, it's not. Football weather is where it is warm. Why do you think all of the great football players are coming from Texas in California and Florida? Bingo. It's because they can play year-round because it's not freaking miserable. Who was the last football player to play through in February? To come from Minnesota. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some good ones. But, uh, like, there, so many guys come out of those states because you can play year-long. Football weather is when it's, like, 60 degrees outside. It's exactly There's right. There's nothing better than going to Columbia in mid-October for a 65-degree 11 o'clock kick, and you feel great out there. This kind of weather is just absolutely miserable. I hope if you're going out there, you have a great time and you're safe and everything ends up going swell for you. But, man, you couldn't pay me to go to this game. Alex, I'm a little surprised you wouldn't want to go to this game considering the sweater that you wore today. It feels like you're already dressing for cold temps. And obviously a lot of our listeners, they can't see you. So can you describe what your sweater looks like today? Well, Ms. Smalls, you'll appreciate this because I am wearing the beautiful colors of the Italian flag, red, white, and green on a black sweater that if people remember correctly, in one of the best movies, one of the best series ever created with Sylvester Stallone, Rocky, uh, in Rocky Three, he wears a jumpsuit that is uh, essentially what I am wearing right now. And I don't have the jumpsuit because the sweatpants were a little too expensive, but I got the sweater <laughs> and I said, hey, I'll just start building towards this. It's a beauty. I respect it. Yeah. Uh, BK any- didn't even compliment me on this, guys. I walked in and I'm like, man, really? He's really going for it. I, <laughs> I had I the gold chain out a little bit. I, I even gelled it. my hair today. You guys need to post this on social media so that people can see the beauty of Alex Ferrario's outfit today. BK, it's on it- there, at 101 ESPN nice. if you want to see it. Would you have uh, reacted differently if it would have been the sweatsuit? <laughs> oh, absolutely. If, yeah. if Like, he's going for it about 80% right now. He's yeah. got the gold chain. He's got uh-huh. the hair gel back. He's got the, he's got the sweater. If he went with the full sweatsuit, oh, yeah, there, there yeah. would have been a, a larger reaction. Don't worry. The pants, the pants have already been ordered. So, uh, in about a week or <laughs> so, guys, I'll, I'll come in. You know what? In 2022, I'll come in with the full Rocky jumpsuit. Love it. Alex, I think your New Year's resolution should be that 2022 is the year of the sweatsuit. I think you just need to invest in a ton and Don't have a, have a rotation. Smalls, you might have just come up with the best <laughs> idea ever for my New Year's resolution. I am going to just be relentless on BK and T-Bone yes. this year. 
every day. Maybe we make Your Wednesdays. Your wife would destroy you. Maybe we make Wednesdays <laughs> jumpsuit Wednesdays. I love and that. And I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the white uh, the white muscle shirt underneath. I'm gonna have it unzipped. I'm gonna have the gold chain, and I'm gonna have the white sneakers with the jumpsuit. Al Davis, could give yes. us some Al Davis. Win, baby, win. Some Polly Walnuts in there. I love it. <laughs> there we go. What do you guys have coming up during the course of the show today? And it's, uh, again, an abbreviated show as we head towards the final four in college football. Well, kind of. We've got uh, we've got 10 to one thirty, so we've got longer than our normal show, but shorter than the four hours, however you want to look at it. Uh, we've got Mike McKenna, the former NHL goalie, joining us coming up at 10.30. want to get his thoughts on what I thought was maybe the win of the year for the Blues the other night, so we'll get his thoughts on that coming up at 10.30. I've got a couple of potential trade candidates for you. You know how I do, mm-hmm. Randy. It's it's the middle, of, it's late December. There's nothing taking place in uh, baseball, so we'll get a couple of trade candidates at 11 o'clock. We'll open things up. Up with what tomorrow's game means for the Blues in the grand scheme of things. All right, guys, we'll be tuned in. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New you Year to well. you guys as well. Take care. And uh, Happy New Year to Andrew Marsh. Have a great weekend, sir. Thank you. I'm excited. And Michelle, you'll be at Ballpark Village tonight. I will, but are we just going to gloss over the fact that Andrew Marsh just gave us a perfect Tim Tebow? Thanks. I'm All right. excited. Thanks. All right. I'm excited. But yeah, that was a really good. Yeah, we should not gloss over that. No, we that just, wasn't even a hot key. It was just. It was just me. That was him. That was actually yeah, him. I just had to acknowledge impressive. that before. I couldn't close out 2021 without acknowledging. No. Uh, but yes, I will be at Ballpark Village tonight. Looking forward to it. I I very much look forward to seeing everybody out there to celebrate with us. And thank you to everyone who's listened to Character and Smallman in 2021. And we'll see you next year. Yeah, it's been great. We do appreciate you being a part of the show every single morning, and for all of us. Thank you very much for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of 2021. And hopefully we can be even bigger and better for you in 2022. Have a very happy and healthy New Year's weekend. We're off on Monday. We've got a best of. So until Tuesday morning at 7, Happy New Year, St. Louis. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.